Blog Talk Radio. Tonight on Ready to Unload with Cal and Stamps on November 9th, 2010. Welcome to the big show. And we have so much to talk about. First of all, we're taking your calls at 1817. The phone lines will be open immediately. And in the big unload, we're going to talk about the New York Jets. They escaped with another win. How did they do it? Lots of problems. Cal is not happy with the Jets. He's going to tell me why. And then we'll talk about the Giants, the best team in the NFL. Hands down, far none. Thanks very much. Next question. We also have a ton of baseball to talk about because free agency is here, the season of the free agent. And Derek Jeter is a free agent. Derek El Capitan Jeter is a free agent. We're going to talk about the hot stove. The stove is on. It's like clicking. It's like it's doing that little clicking thing. Just turn it on. So we're going to talk about hot stove baseball. And then... We'll talk about the Metropolitan a little more in depth in their Ivy League front office. It's Paul DiPodesta. It's introduced today. We'll talk about that. We're also going to talk to Dave Rutley from Fantasy Football Advisor. That's FFAdvisor.com. He's going to do the Fantasy 5 spot. And the Swami had a terrible week last week. I'm sure he's going to tell us how terrible the show is. We'll have him later on. Plus the fun load. We're going to talk a little bit about sports announcers. We've been trying to do it for months. We'll finally do it tonight. That is all coming up next. 1420-220-1817. It's Tuesday night. It's 9 p.m. We are Cal and Sam We are ready to unload. And good evening, everybody. And let's just get right into this. Welcome to the show on November 9th, 2010. Notable because it's Dr. Iray Stat's birthday. Happy birthday, Dr. Iray. He will not be with us tonight. He is probably enjoying, Cal, a lovely, lovely dinner with his lovely, lovely wife. Probably thinking about what statistics he can throw out at dinner about the cut of meat maybe that he's having. Who knows? I hope not. It never ends. Let's welcome in my partner in crime, the co-host of the show, Boy, I am really announcer voicey tonight. That's because the fun load is about uh, is about announcers, Cal. You're excited. I'm very I'm very announcery. I'm like that uh, that game show host thing that we talked about. Oh, Gus Glitz, yeah. Gus Glitz. Uh, and for those of you who don't know, we're talking about an episode a couple of weeks ago where we discovered that there was a game show host uh, game, and the name of the game show guy was Gus Glitz. Anyway, Brian Calvi, welcome. To the show, the penultimate show. Yeah. How, how about you, that? How was your week, brother? My week was good. Um, it snowed yesterday. Did you get snow yesterday by you? No, we got sleet. Yeah, it snowed out out here on Long Island, out east. Way, it, uh, way out on Strong Island. Way out on Strong Island. We got some snow. My kids freaked out. Nice. First sign of snow of the year, and they and they were absolutely freaking out. They woke me up early to see the snow. <laughs> And awesome. that's how my week started, Monday morning at 6 o'clock. At 6 in the a.m., the girls are uh, are getting ready for a snow day. They're hoping for a snow day. Yeah, get the sled out, Daddy. Yeah, exactly. Well, we have got a ton to do tonight, Cal, a ton to talk about. We're going to have fun with it. We want to hear from you, 424-220-1817, the number to call. 
ready to unload with Cal and Sampete. Anything you want to talk about in 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 the world? Anything? Uh, anything? Um, and and you know, I don't want to give. I, I want to clear something up, Cal, at the top of the show. And we are going to miss Doctor Ray Stat tonight. We do wish him a genuinely a happy birthday. We've been talking to him all day. He uh, he has his hands all over this fun load, or I mean this uh, this rundown for the show. Yeah, he does. Does. His hands are all over it, and I'm sure when we get into arguing about how Derek Jeter's overrated and he shouldn't have won a Gold Glove today, mm-hmm. uh, Doctor Ray Stat may be calling in. But you know, we talk all week. You know, like I, 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 I open up the show with you, Cal, and I make it sound as if like, how was your week? <laughs> like we haven't spoken wow. since last Tuesday night at 11:01. You are just lifting the curtain right now. I am gonna. <laughs> I am oh, going to – we talk all week. We text all week. This is one of the beauty parts about doing the show for the better part of almost a year, Cal. Yeah, it is. Almost a year we've been doing this show, and uh, we text all the time now while we're watching games and uh, just during the day. It's a nice distraction from work. And uh, so I don't, want, I don't want to give the impression we don't – we know – we talk to each other all the time. Right. So when I ask, how's your week, Cal, I really mean like – Give me something that I didn't know, and you you did you delivered. Well, you did yeah you didn't know that um, my kids woke me up right. yesterday morning. You delivered is what you know I'm what and 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 you know this is a good time. How was your week, Steve? I never asked you how your week was. <laughs> how was your week? My my week was uh, was fine. It's it's interesting around these parts, Cal. It's very interesting right now uh, for you, those of you who don't know my. Uh, yeah, would you say you're in the red zone right we now? Are, we are definitely in the red zone. <laughs> My wife is uh, extraordinarily pregnant with our first uh, child and expecting in a couple of weeks. Just a couple of weeks now, Cal. It could be, I think you're at the point where it could be any day. Yeah. I'm, Not to no, freak you out, but... No, I, well, we're full term tomorrow. So, yeah. And you know where I am? You know what point I'm at, Cal? Where are you? I'm at the point where using sports analogies for this around her is not tolerated anymore. <laughs> oh, that's the best. Like four months ago, I could have made like that red zone joke and said, right. you know, right. hey, when we get down to eight months, we're going to be in the red zone. And she still wouldn't have understood what I said, but she would have let it pass. Right. Now, if I made that comment, it would be like, you know, shut up because you, <laughs> you did this. Yeah, I'll give you the red zone. Yeah, I got your red zone. But it's like you are uh you're definitely in the two minute drill and you oh, have no timeouts. Without a doubt. And I'm hoping that you or Dr. E Ray, of course, you have you know, you you have two beautiful children, God bless them, and, and Dr. E Ray uh has a beautiful boy. And I'm hoping that you guys have one of those you know, those wristbands that you guys get. That like the quarterback has when he's running when he's new to things, you know, like the rookie quarterback has like the wristband with the plays on them. Yes, I'm gonna need one of those, but it's it's gonna have to be like diaper change or, you know, like yeah. I, I need one of those quarterback wristbands that tells me what the heck I'm doing. Listen, like, two weeks in, we we could we could make the the biggest wristband you've ever seen. It's not gonna help. <laughs> yes, just well, that, so you know. That, yes, I I I do appreciate that. I still like the wristband. We'll get you one. Don't worry. Just to wear around the house. Four two four two two zero eighteen seventeen. Cal, let's get into it, my man, because we have a lot to talk about. And you and I were going back. You know that Jet game on Sunday. Yeah. You and I were going back and forth with the texting, um, uh, a little bit. But it was a weird game. I had my brother over, and it was the first game 
Uh, I watched this season with my brother, the first game we had gotten together for to watch. Wow, is that true? Yeah, because I've been going to them. Oh, yeah, they have played a lot at home. Right, they've been at home, and then also my nephew has the flag football, so his flag football season is now over, so my brother's kind of free now on the weekend. So anyway, he and my nephew came over to watch the game. Nice. And my nephew's, the, the switch has turned, Cal. Oh, that's not a good thing. No, it's. I mean, it, it's a great thing, and it's like a, oh, poor kid. It, you know what it is? It's, as an adult, it's irresponsible of you guys. But that, <laughs> that, that, that switch is flipped. He's, you know? he's into it, Cal. He is into it. And he knows what's going on. He's about to be nine. He turns nine next Monday. All right, well. Right, so... Uh, but this is the first time I'm watching a game with him where he is invested and knows what's going on, but he's still, like, almost nine. So he's you know, running around, he's practicing sliding on the hardwood floors <laughs> while the game is going on. And then, like, uh, the penalty, the out-of-bounds, uh, Sean Ellis getting called for the penalty, the hit out-of-bounds on Matthew Stafford. Uh-huh. He was, in, he was infuriated. Really? Furious. That's a terrible call, he says. Was he jumping up and down? Jumping up and down right there with me and my brother. I wanted right. to cry. Uh, I know. But alas, alack, he's in Another for, one bites the dust. Right. He's in for a lifetime of disappointment. Welcome to... Well, my, my sister-in-law made him root for the Yankees, though. So. All right. He has that. But uh, <laughs> at least he gave them... So that's responsible parenting. Like, if you're going to give a kid the Jets, at yeah, least from no. the Yankees. Right. You can't give a kid... Like, you're a poor kid... You're going to give him the Jets, the Mets, and the Islanders. It's going to, you know, the only saving grace for him is that he'll have uh, UT. He'll have Texas. That's true. He'll have the Longhorns, like, big time. And by the time he's old enough to care about it, maybe Mac Brown will have figured out what the <laughs> doing. Uh, so he'll have UT, at least. And he'll probably get a little Texas Rangers, Houston Astros in there. Well, that's good. He's, he's got to have something else. Yeah. Oh, no, without a doubt. But anyway, back to the game. Yeah. Cal. The Jets escape with another win, escape being the key word. But this win felt different than the Denver game for a couple of reasons. Okay, tell me why. Well, the first one, the Denver game, they moved the ball up and down the field. They just couldn't score. Right. Uh, this game, they could do nothing. They hit one big play. So mm -hmm. that was a different – and then in the last five minutes – you know, Sanchez, we've all seen the numbers, 10 of 12 for, or 10 of 13 for 144 yards. He ran for a touchdown and led to, you know, 13 points and won the game in the last five minutes. So that was a different feel. And then also you had the pass interference call on Santonio Holmes essentially win the game for you. That was in the Denver game, yes. It's Denver game. And in this game, you, you know, you, you had to kind of do it. You, you got a break with the Lions and Schwartz calling a pass on third and six, which is just ridiculous. Inconceivable. That's right. <laughs> you know right. what it was, Cal? It was inconceivable. Yes. That's, <laughs> that's what I was thinking of. That's exactly what uh, Jim Schwartz did there. That was ridiculous. Inside a two-minute warning, he could have burned another 40 seconds off the clock. Even if Drew Stanton, who had come in from Matthew Stafford, rolls out to the right and falls down. You, you know, know, whatever you do, do not throw the ball. Now, this, I'm, I wanna, I'm gonna take a quick detour right now because this brings up a point and it drives me crazy because a lot of times you hear about when guys are rookies or guys are inexperienced, but they're professional ball players, is baseball, football, whatever. Right. They're in the, the, the highest level 
that you could achieve in sports. And people make excuses for them. Ah, he's a rookie. He doesn't know any better. He's not a rookie. He didn't just start playing this game five games ago. He's been playing this game his entire life. That's true. How do you, how is it okay for you to not understand where you are in the game? What kind of timeouts the other team has and what the situation is where you can't throw an income, you know, slide, you know, yep. take a sack, just run backwards, whatever you got to do, eat some time off the clock. They can't stop the clock. You know what, Kyle, that, that, that is an unbelievable point. That is an unbelievable point. Like, right? they, you excuse these guys. And Stan's even worse because he's a two-sport athlete. Right. <laughs> so he, he, he played two sports at a high level. You know, Jim Schwartz is taking the heat for it, saying, I should have communicated this better. Well, do you really need to? Come on. Should you really? I, I, that's a great point. I have never, I haven't played football past, you know, a rec uh, flag football league right. in my life. We were good, too, the juggernauts. We were good. <laughs> but my point is, I know that, okay? And this guy has played a lot more football than I have in my life. I got news for you. My nephew saw him make that play and said, boy, thank you. <laughs> I mean, even my nine-year-old nephew knew that was a bad play. I didn't, yeah, I didn't mean to get off track there, but it's just something no, that drives that's me crazy. A, that's a, that's a, it's not off track. It's a fantastic point. because, And, and you know what, Cal? You can apply it. A lot, especially in football, because football to me is the most controlled game coaching-wise. Right. You know, you can make an argument that basketball, but, you know, basketball is a free-flowing game. I don't think the coach exerts any more control over a sport than he does in football. I agree with that. So this idea that Schwartz was supposed, just like you said, was supposed to communicate, he's been playing all his life. It's a great point, and it shouldn't excuse a bonehead play. And And... Frankly, you know, the Lions made a number of them. They did. Yeah. Julian Peterson with that hit, you know, two, three yards out of bounds that set up the field goal. That's a Jets, the late hit on LaDainian Tomlinson. Right. Again, you know, Julian Peterson's not in the league for 10 minutes. He's been I in the league for a long time. That's, that, that goes back to my point. How do you not know, as a football player, how is it not drilled into you? How do you not know that yeah. once the guy touches the sideline – Pull up. Yep, that's it. He's out of bounds. And also, I mean, does, the uh, emotion, does the emotion overtake them so much that they can't control themselves? Right. I, I mean, are you playing that much? I know football, I mean, again, I never played at a high level. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I'm just... I'm at interested. all, I understand it's organized chaos, and, and it's, a con, it's a collision sport, not a contact sport. I mean, I get all this. But, you know, that's just a boneheaded play. You know, if you can't... Play under control at that, and and that's why you know you you go back a couple of years, Cal, to maybe two thousand two thousand four, the Jets versus the Chargers on the road, and Eric Barton with that late hit on Nate Keating, right after the uh, the he kicks a field goal, he misses it, Bart, uh, Eric Barton hits him late and runs him over, you know, running into the kicker, blah blah blah, almost cost the Jets the game. You have to play under control, and, and to excuse these guys and say, oh well. How's he supposed to stop himself? He's supposed to. Know the situation. Right. Same thing with Julian Peterson on Sunday. Know the situation. He didn't hit him hard. We didn't, like, level no. him out of bounds. No. But the, rule, but the rule is you can't touch a guy when he's out of bounds like that. What he did was against the rules. I mean, yeah. uh, you know, there, there's no doubt about that. So, Cal, but you made a great uh, – going back to this Jet game. And, again, 424-220-1817, the number to call. We'll talk Jets or we'll talk NFL. 
Uh, we're going to get to the Cowboys and firing of uh, Wade Phillips, mercifully. Um, and Jason Garrett getting his uh, his eight games, and then see he'll he'll be gone as well. Uh, but you brought out a, a great point, Cal, at the end of that game on Sunday that I really wanted to talk to you about that we didn't get a chance to, and that was you were really calling for Rex Ryan, the Jets coach, to say in his post game conference, "Hey, we got lucky," you know, or at least accept the gift. Right. You know, realize that you had no business winning that game and and that you should at least have some humility. Right. Now, we've learned that that's not going to happen. And I, I think I responded to you and I said, I agree, but not in a post-game conference because it tells your team, press conference, because it tells your team maybe we didn't deserve to win, even though we did. Right. But during the week, you'd love to hear him say, hey, look, this can't go on anymore. Have we heard that from him, Cal? No, you never, I, I haven't seen it. No, you never hear it. And and to be honest, there's something to be said for put it behind you and focus on the next week immediately. Right. I get I get that. But if I got to watch the Rex Ryan stand-up hour after every Jet game, it's you know it's it's really and and this week in particular, and I don't know if you saw any of the post game, Steve, but he's doing his shtick. And he's doing his, you know, uh, somebody, they asked him if he was panicking. And he says, you know, I wasn't panicking. And, but nobody, nobody was laughing this time. Right. It was like this was the first time that his jokes were falling flat. Yeah. And, and I'm starting to sense that, you know, all right, Rex, we get it. You're funny. But let's, we, we need to see another side of you. Yeah. Well, and absolutely. And there's a perception, Cal, I think, too. I think there's a perception going around that the shtick is nice and all, like Vaccaro wrote about it today, right, in the New York Post. Right. That the shtick is all good. You've gotten rid of the same old Jets. You've gotten rid of the stink that was on that place for so long. And that in and of itself, he should have his, uh, you know, his huge sweater retired for. <laughs> because there's, you know, there's a 40-year stink on that place. And he's managed to almost do away with it in a year and a half. Just about. But now it's time for, you know, Del Boca Vista phase two. And that's what Vicaro was talking about. Right. Vicaro was talking about, it's time to prove that you can coach. You know, and I think the media guys are all feeling this. And when he does a press conference like that now, Cal, it's like, yeah, okay, uh, how about the fact that you burned two timeouts on one goal line stand and you still gave up a touchdown and you had to do it because you had 12 men on the field twice? You know, how does that get fixed? That's fair. How how about 11 penalties for 99 yards? You know, and including penalties on defense that would have let you get off the field. How many times on third down? Right. Did they, did they, especially in the on that first drive, there were at least two or three third down penalties. Oh yeah, no the, the touchdown. Don't forget the Jets are winning this game ten seven at the half. Right, because of the seventy four yard touch. The defense shut them down after the uh, after the initial touchdown drive on the opening drive. Right, which was aided by two third down penalties. Again, yes. So Rex, uh, okay, we get it. You're a funny guy, and and everything's loose, and the players love you. Start fixing stuff here. Because, you know, you, you said it, Cal, 
uh, on Sunday when we were texting back and forth, and you said this is not. And we, I got a text from. Oh, I forgot to say, I got a text from Dan. Oh, you did right during the game, uh, like at the end of the game, and saying how lucky they were. Right. You know, and and uh, for those of you who don't know, our friend Dan uh, is. The most uh, we love him dearly. He's the most cynical human being that ever lived. <laughs> so like he can really rain on a parade in a heartbeat. He could and, find something wrong with a rainbow. Right, right. This guy. <laughs> no sooner had uh, <laughs> had Nick Folk kicked the game-winning field goal in overtime, which he didn't know he was kicking. By the way, we'll get to that. Uh, that I got a text from Dan saying, oh, they got lucky there, they look terrible, you know, they're not going to keep getting away with this. And I texted him back and I said, yeah, but let's give a little kudos to Sanchez for pulling the game out. And also, man, why you got to rain? <laughs> give me 10 minutes to enjoy the comeback. I know. But you know what? That's all they, he's right in one sense. That's all they get. You get 10 minutes. Now fix it. Yeah, and and the thing that I worry about with this team and, and, you know, listening to, to you know, when Rex Ryan uh, performs right at, at these press conferences. The Rex Ryan show. Yeah, I, you know, I just, I feel like he's, he's you know, and I, and I said this to you yesterday. I feel like he's burying his head in the sand and he's just, you know, blinded by the record. Hey, we're six and two, you know. We're all, you know, we're all up there and we're six and two and all that stuff. And, you know, we don't have any problems and we're just going to go out there. And, and right. it's like. And he just talks and talks, but you don't hear anything about we're six and two, but we were fortunate. To, we're kind of fortunate to be six and two because we got a lot of problems that we need to address. We got a lot to fix. That's what I want to see. That's what I want to hear from him. Totally Igno- agree. Just, just acknowledge it. You don't have to. Don't make any apologies. Don't apologize for being six and two. Don't give the wins back. You know, no. just, just acknowledge the fact that you're six and two because good teams win these games. There's no reason why you can't pump your team up by admitting and, and good teams get lucky. Good teams you know, get lucky. They yeah. get breaks. Of course. But you gotta acknowledge the fact that there are a lot of problems on this team. Yep. Couldn't agree more. Now, uh one last thing on the Jets and, and the phone lines are wide open, folks, so uh, uh give a call. Uh, talk about the Jets, the Giants, whatever you want to talk about. Four two four two two zero eighteen seventeen. Should mention that we are taping this, of course. Well, we're live right now, but uh, for those of you listening to the podcast, don't call me at 8.30 in the morning when you're on your treadmill um, <laughs> on November the 9th. But, uh, Cal, the other thing, too, with the Jets, lastly on this game and now moving forward, is you get the feeling that with Brian Schottenheimer, and I've been wanting to talk to you about this since the game, just real quick on Brian Schottenheimer, the Jets offensive coordinator, and the frustration that I think so many Jet fans feel. Like, if you go to com. Uh, which is a great Jets website, and you go to their message board, yeah. within within four minutes of the game starting, there's a fire Schottenheimer post, <laughs> and there's 2,000 entries on it. Literally within four, like after the first possession. If they go three and out, fire Schottenheimer. Yeah. Now, I think Brian Schottenheimer's problem is this. I think Brian Schottenheimer game plans all week and has a specific game plan in place, and if it hits, wow, it's lights out. But if they do something to stop it, he does nothing to adjust it. He just keeps trying it. Like, these are the plays we practiced all week. This is what we're going to do. Right. And if they don't work, oh, boy. You know, now, trouble in River City. And I, and I think you, you'll have games against the Patriots, against the Dolphins earlier this year, where they're just everything works. 
and what he right. game planned that week works. And then you have a game like against the Lions where they're doing something, they're shutting down what they practiced all week, and he doesn't change until they go to the two-minute drill, and suddenly they put up 13 points in four minutes and win the game. Right. There's no flexibility. It seems like, to me, Schottenheimer makes no adjustments, Cal. None. I, I, I couldn't agree more. And, and two things on that. Number one, what, is, what are your thoughts on the on the the talk that came out that uh, Mark Sanchez actually called uh, the plays in overtime? He, t- he, he told Schottenheimer and Rex Ryan, let's just keep doing what we're doing here because yeah. it's working. Yep. And it was uh, Mark, San- Mark Sanchez is the guy that, that called that. Well, that's a fantastic thing to see if you're a Jet fan, Cal, because you want the kid to make the leap, as I predicted he would way back in August. You're, you're, uh, you're, you're, I, I am. <laughs> my head is on the chopping block on that one. So you want to see him do that. You want to see this 23-year-old kid in his second season playing in only his 26th game go up to the coaching, especially a coach as brash as Rex Ryan, right? and say, you know what, let's stick with it. They can't stop us. Let's stay in the hurry up in overtime. Second play from scrimmage, he hits Antonio Holmes for a 52-yard play. Right. That sets up the game-winning field goal. So you love to see that confidence in Mark Sanchez. I think he has that. I think he has it. I, th- I think he does, too. And I think he's, you know, he's, you, you said it before, he's 23, 24 years old. He's still a kid. He's still working on that confidence. Yep. You know? And when he's confident, and you see it, when things are going well for him and he's got that confidence... He's got a little bit of swagger to him. Sure does. You know? He's got that it factor that you were talking about. Yeah. And and what he needs to do is harness that uh, on a consistent basis. Right. And when he does, then he's going to be one of the top quarterbacks in the league. But you like the fact that he that he did that on Sunday. But what does that say about Brian Schottenheimer? Right. It says to me the same thing I've been saying for the better part of a year. And maybe should have been more vocal on uh, about it on this show, Cal is that, to me, Schottenheimer, that's his problem. If if you do something to stop him or stop the plays that he's worked on all week, he doesn't know what to do with himself. Well, we're still going to run it. We're still going to run that Wildcat. Well, they're stopping the Wildcat. Why are you still running it? Yeah. We're still going to run, you know, like they did against the Packers, where every every uh, route that the receivers ran were, were double-move 35-yard flies. And he'd have three guys running in one route. And that's the second thing that I wanted to bring up. How many times did they throw the ball downfield on Sunday? Very few. Right? Maybe like two or three times they uh, tried it. Until the end when they started hitting Keller in the oh, scene. Yeah. No, I'm forget about the I'm I'm talking about the first three quarters of the game. You're talking early. I'm talking early. I'm talking maybe once they right. tried it. And the one time they tried it, it was a seventy four yard touchdown to Braylon Edwards. Yeah. Okay. Why you know, it worked. Why not go back to it more? I, you know, you just, that, this is what I'm saying. Because he saw what he saw in the film, and they didn't practice it all week. But it, but it worked. I know. He's inflexible to me. So, so are, you, are you saying that he only sees what's on film, and he doesn't see what's in reality in front of him? I think he winds up getting married to what he practiced during the week. So the game plan that he put it, it's a lot like... Uh, uh, they used to say about Teddy Cottrell when Teddy Cottrell was defensive coordinator for this Jet team. They'd say Teddy Cottrell would put the game plan in during the week, and if it didn't work, you were screwed. I, I get that. Because he would not change it. This is what I saw on film. This is the game plan we're putting in. It should work. Right. Like, there's a certain amount of obstinance involved there. Well, you know, he's like, you know that's unbelievable. Like, I, I drew up these plays. They should work. 
it's almost like he's justifying the the right. sixty hours that he put in during the week. <laughs> right, exactly. You know, I didn't put the, I didn't put all this time in for nothing. Cal, I think he's gonna be a problem. I really do. I really think he's a problem in the playoffs. If they get there, I'm not counting any sort of jet chickens. You never yep. count jet chickens. No, and the other and the other problem is that Rex Ryan takes such a hands off approach to his offense. Right. That there's no it's like there's no checks and balances there. It's this is Schottenheimer's thing. Yep. When does he learn? You know, when do you learn? I mean, he said he's going to learn from it, and yet, you know, Scott was talking about this, my my brother, while we were watching the game. You, you know, he says, you know, we're 26 games into this experiment, including the playoffs. He says he's going to learn from it, or 27, actually. He says he's going to learn from it, and he doesn't. doesn't seem to. No. You know, the so the Jets have a lot of problems. For a 6-2 team, I believe the word you used was masked. Yes, this is not your garden variety six and two team. It's a six and two team that has not found or has had basically four weeks in a row where they have not played well, and they somehow went three and one of those games. Now the good thing about that is that they're winning these games. Yeah. And last season they seemed to really uh, turn it on and peak at the end of the season. That's which is when you want to be at your best. Right. So maybe get your bad football out of the way now. Yep. Continue to win games, which is great. And correct these mistakes. Like, teach teach the overtime rules to the kicker. Please. <laughs> Sit him down. <laughs> but, Cal, wait. No, no. I have a point on this. Okay. For those of you who don't know, they're, they're talking about Nick Folk, the Jets, uh, the Jets kicker. I'll be all right. The Jet kicker did not know that the new overtime rules are only in place for the playoffs. And the new overtime rule says the team that has possession of the ball first if they come down and kick a field goal, the other team who lost the coin toss has the opportunity to kick a tying field goal or, or get a go-ahead touchdown. Right. They get, they get the ball. They get, they, a get a, they get a possession. This is uh, only in the playoffs, though. It has not been expanded to the regular season. Well, Nick Folk thought this was in the regular season. So they called on him to kick it on third down in case there's a fumbled snap or something like that, pretty much standard in overtime situations or a game-ending situation. You always want to kick it on third down. If you fumble the snap, you got another down to kick it. And he's like, why are we kicking it on third down? Why are we not going for it? Okay. And then, like, he walked off like it was the, as he said, pretty funny, as he said, you know, it was the, the lamest game-winning field goal celebration of all time because he thought he had to go <laughs> kick the ball off. So you had no idea of the rule. But my point is this, Cal. No idea of the rule, no pressure. True. Right? That's true. He's got no he, pressure to make the kick. He didn't think he was kicking a field goal to win the game. He thought no. he was just putting the Jets ahead. That's technically. right. That's right. Yeah, interesting point. So if he misses it, I'm surprised that nobody brought this up either. Like if I was Nick Folk, I'd be completely revisionist history right now. Like, oh, yeah, sure, that's exactly what I was doing. Like, And if I was Rex Ryan, I would be like, that's what we told him, because we didn't want him to think there'd be any pressure on him. Yeah, Rex Ryan thought it was hilarious. He thought it was hilarious. It's, he, thought, he, thought it was, <laughs> he thought it was Tracy Morgan hilarious. He's, he's uh... That is hilarious. <laughs> Liz Lemon. <laughs> the, the, the best part about this, what, what has this team come to? The two weeks in a row, a lot of the post-game focus is on the kicker. Or the punter. Yeah, I know. Right? Steve, Steve Weatherford two weeks ago, and now uh, this past week, Nick Folk. 
Whatever happened to your anonymous special teams players? Oh, well, I think that went out the window with a guy named Scott Norwood. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> or maybe Uwe Von Shaman. <laughs> or how about okay. Gary Yepremian? Gary Ali Haji Sheik. Ali Haji Sheik. Raul Allegre. Uh, we can go on forever. Did you have... Let me ask you a question before we get to the Giants, and, and we'd love to get your calls, 424-220-1817. We're going to talk about the Giants in a second, and then the rest of the NFL. The Pats play the Steelers. Huge game. Dallas fires his coach. Huge. But, Cal, let me ask you a question. You remember when you were a kid, you got, like, one of your first footballs? And this was in an, in an era where there were barefoot kickers. Yes. And one of your first footballs was maybe a Voight uh, or or a Rawlings, but it was signed by the the Forty ers kicker, and he was a Ray, barefoot kicker. Ray Wershing? Was it Ray? It was Ray Wershing. No, I'm thinking of Francis though. Who's the kicker, Francis? Oh, oh we got to look this up. Doctor E. Ray. Oh, he was here. Ray Wershing didn't kick barefoot either. No, it was a barefoot kicker. I got to look this up. Stall, Cal. I'm trying to think. I I feel like he might have played for the Bengals. It was. It was. Is that possible? I, I, I think his last name was Francis. Oh I mean, man, not Francis. Let me see. I gotta look this up because the ball was signed by him. Was signed by the punter or the kicker? It was a kicker. It was a kicker. Barefoot kicker. Let's see. I think. I don't know why I don't remember that. Oh come on! Come I mean, on I do. Google. I. I do remember the barefoot kickers though. Google, you're better than this. Rich Carlos, barefoot kicker. Was he for Denver? That's what it says. Yes, that's right. That's who I'm thinking of because I remember seeing a barefoot kicker in the snow. Right. Uh, it had to be Rich Carlos. Was it Ron Francis? I want to say. Oh, man. Well, anyway, for those of you listening out there, maybe you can look that up uh, and call us uh, and call us up. You know, who's, uh, you know who would have this? Keith. Keith would be all over this. You would know that. Keith, if you're out there listening, call us. Let me know who this was. But anyway, that was the ball I had. So I went out and practiced barefoot kicking <laughs> and and uh, it broke at least three toes. At least. At least three toes. It was the was stupidest it? thing. And uh, Cal, I don't know if you read uh, any of uh, Chuck Klosterman. Uh, yes. Uh, and I'm reading his book right now called uh, Eating the Dinosaur. It's really good. He's great. Collection of essays, and it's it's about how uh, one of the essays involves how how uh, the game of football changes. And it's a really good read. Really good. Tony, read. Tony Franklin. Tony Franklin. That's it for the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, you did it, Tony Franklin. Thank you, Google. Oh, well played, Shakespeare. Nice play, <laughs> Shakespeare. Go on. I'm sorry. No, no, it's okay. Klosterman has this. Uh, this whole essay about how football changes and right. how they're so reluctant to have change because it's the grand old game. And meanwhile, it's changing like every time you watch it. That's true. And then he somehow involves ABBA, but that's not the point. <laughs> and the point is like, you know, barefoot kickers. That was like all in vogue. There was nothing to prove that kicking barefoot was any better. No. But like three guys did it. So like that became you had to go get a barefoot kicker. It's like you're tough. Right, like the NFL is like the biggest copycat league and, and innovation league in the world, and they somehow think it's like rooted in tradition and history. May I mean, is it possible that you know the kickers took enough grief from the real football players about not being tough enough that they decided I'm going to take my shoe off? 
You don't think Gary Upremian was a tough guy? Gary Upremian had a shoe. <laughs> was he a shoe guy? Hey, Pat Leahy for the Jets, for, who was kicker for 114 years. <laughs> Pat, Pat Leahy played 37 years. He didn't kick. He didn't kick barefoot, did he? No, he was he was a soccer style kicker. Oh right. He and he actually played soccer at St. Louis University. So I'm re- I'm looking at this. How do I know that? I, I don't know. Pat apparently, Lee. apparently there were only four barefoot kickers in On, in NFL history. All right, who you got? Wait, wait, Tony, let me guess. <laughs> well, we've named two of them already: Tony Franklin and Ray Worshing. Ray Worshing was no. Was not. Remember, we decided he didn't. <laughs> Rich Carlos. Rich Carlos. It's a kicker for the Pats, right? Uh, Denver. Denver. Oh, I thought he was a kicker for the Pats. Who else you got? Who are the other two? Uh, there's a, uh, a kicker named Paul McFadden. I'm not remember. familiar with his work. <laughs> I do not remember Paul McFadden. But the uh, the last full-time barefoot kicker in the NFL yes. was Mike Lansford of the Los Angeles Rams. Wow. His any, last Any relation to Carney? Uh, no. Okay. Or Angela. Uh, no, wrong. That, that would be Lansbury. Um, his last his last game was December thirty first, nineteen ninety. It's a trend that uh, came and went, but that was the that was the football that I had. It was signed by Tony Franklin. Wow, Voigt. I do remember it being a Voigt. It was a Voigt football. Four two four two two zero eighteen seventeen. The number to call to talk about your first Voigt football, uh, or your first football, or your second football. Uh, Cal, the Giants. Or well, let's one more thing with the Jets. Okay, I said this to you, and I got to get this in because the cover that the what was it the post the back cover of the post today? Yeah, it was the post with the Ryan brothers, uh huh, Rex and uh, Rob Ryan. Uh, Rob Ryan, of course, the defensive coordinator for the Browns, the Jets' opponent this weekend, uh, as the Jets go into the dog pound and uh, take on the the frisky Brownies. There's a lot of lot of stories with this game. A lot of storylines. The Jets taking on Mangenius. That's right. And Rob Ryan. And also about 30 of their ex-players. <laughs> because I was watching the highlights from the Pats. Yeah. Browns game. And it's like, Chancey Stuckey around end. Abram Elam recovers the fumble. I'm like, what is... Co- wow. Boy, that is really just our team. Yeah. Well, from two uh, years ago. <laughs> from two years ago, from the Mangini era. But uh, Rob Ryan and Rex Ryan, the twin brothers, and they've been pictures on the post. And I texted you this morning. I'm like, is, is it me or is it impossible to discern which one of the Ryan brothers is the evil twin? <laughs> because even though Rex is like clean cut and stuff and Rob looks like a professional wrestler. That's that's how they throw you off. Right. That's it. But we know Rex. Right. So he could be the evil twin brother. I think they're both evil twins. They're probably both, yeah. Right. They're probably both <laughs> there's evil. No, there's no good twin in there. <laughs> but, uh, and Braylon Edwards left court today, Cal. Yeah, good. He adjourned until uh, the game after, the day after the wild card playoffs. That's correct. Uh, so that's January good. 11th, the Swami's birthday, I might ask. So um, the Jets really could use a bye. That's he's, right. He's not preoccupied in that right. game. So Braylon's not uh, concerned with uh, adjudication. But Braylon Edwards is very concerned with going back to Cleveland and uh, oh, proving big the naysayers wrong. If you've got Braylon Edwards in your on your fantasy squad, this is the week to start him. Play him. Yeah. 
although I played him last week and got the 74-yard touchdown, which was a 15-point play. Just delightful. Um, but, yeah, Braylon Edwards, that, that storyline, tons of storylines. And the, the the Browns beating the Saints and the Pats back-to-back. That's crazy. And you know what, Cal? Colt McCoy. Speaking of it factor. Yeah. He has got an it factor, that kid. You know, we'll get a, we'll go around the league a little bit later, but um, yeah, let's Colt, jump on the Giants and then we'll. Well, I was just gonna say, Colt McCoy is impressive, and so is Sam Bradford, another first year quarterback. Oh, you know what? I was watching that game when I was watching that game on Sunday. I kept turning to Scott early in the game and saying, "Boy, that, I I really like that Stafford." That was the first meeting and the first time I really got to see him at length, uh, and it was the first meeting between Stafford and Sanchez, Cal. Yeah. He's just brittle, though. He's got the Ask shoulders him. of a 75-year-old woman. That's going to be proper. He's got osteoporosis. <laughs> He's got... Elaine, you've tested positive for opium. <laughs> That's right, Elaine. Yam, yam. White Lotus. Shanghai <laughs> Sally. The, gi- the, Giants. Uh, the Giants. The G-Men. Uh, the Giants just completely dominate... Seattle. I flipped on that game, Cal, and it was like thir- uh, uh, it was twenty-one nothing. Well, yeah, but because by the time the Jet game ended, right, the Giants were fourteen nothing already. <laughs> That's right. I flipped back; it was thirty-five nothing. Uh huh. In the first half, I'm like, wow, boy. And Charlie Whitehurst, son of Wally Whitehurst, <laughs> is he related to Wally Whitehurst? I can't imagine that he is, but I don't know too many Whitehursts. <laughs> of the Montauk Whitehurst. If you look through the family tree, I'll bet you they're related somehow. I am uh, I am going to look up Charlie Whitehurst and see if he's related to ex-Met pitcher. Wally uh, Whitehurst? Wally Whitehurst. I believe Wally Whitehurst would have fared better in this game. <laughs> what did you think of Charlie Whitehurst's look? What do you think he was going for there? That look? Wow. That was a, that was a strange look. Yeah, that's... Uh, the, the, sports, what, the sports guy said it was part, equal parts like... Jesus and you know uh, Jesus and he he had a lot of stuff. He looked like Dave Grohl at one point. I don't know what's happening. It was strange, but um, whatever the look was, it didn't work for him because he just looked awful. Oh, that he is the son of former Green Bay Packers quarterback David Whitehurst. Oh, so his father is an ex-professional athlete, just not so, Wally Whitehurst. So now the question would be: Is David Whitehurst the brother of Wally Whitehurst? I'm looking for that. Can't find it. <laughs> we don't have that information. But how what about you, the Giants? Yeah, what did you... Now, the talk around this, these parts of town, in this mm-hmm. neck of the woods, is that the Giants are the best team in football, Cal. Yeah. How yeah, can you well, argue with it? it? It's best team in football? Football. I'm going to argue with that. They're six, I'm gonna give... they're six and two. They've won five straight. They are dominating opponents. Their I'm defense is the best in the league. How could you argue? Uh, I will. I will tell you how I can argue. Who have they beaten? Of consequence. Of consequence. Now I'm going to. I'm going to give them Houston. Houston that was, was a good win on the that road. Was a, that was a good win on the road in Houston. But you know, Houston now has um, kind of shown its true colors. They're a 500 team. Yeah, it's true. You know. Okay. Um, they beat Chicago. Chicago's five and three. They beat Chicago, but they beat. Uh, Todd Collins and his mixer. Right, the Todd Collins mixer. Yes, they did. Right. Um, but the, that you had said that that was that was kind of your anti stance to my stance was they're knocking quarterbacks out. 
So they're doing something right by knocking these quarterbacks out. That's right. Although they didn't knock out Stafford, they just got to face Sean Hill. They didn't have to knock out Stafford. Did right. They? Sean and Hill they still didn't, them. They didn't knock out Matt Hasselback. They just got Wally, Charlie Whitehurst. Right. But they did knock out Romo. <laughs> Charlie David Wally Whitehurst. <laughs> they knocked out Romo and got Kitna. Right. They knocked uh, out Cutler and got Collins. And then and then knocked out they knocked out Sean knocked Hill. Out Collins. Right, they knocked out Collins. They knocked out Sean Hill and got Drew I play third base Stanton. Right. Who was the who was the third string quarterback for Chicago that they got? Oh, I can't remember his uh, name. Oh boy. But it, he he clearly was someone who never expected to drop the clipboard all year. And when they put him in the game, his face was like, oh, gee. <laughs> uh, you're in there. You sure about that? I can't think of his name. I don't know if I – I don't feel great about going into the game. <laughs> oh, you mean play. You, oh. you know what? Yeah. yeah. I got a thing. <laughs> uh, I'm just not going to be – I think you said – Caleb Haney. That's who it was. Caleb Haney. Caleb Haney was sort of like, I'm sorry, what's that now? You want me to go into this game? They just took Todd Todd Collins off on a stretcher. And Jay Cutler doesn't even know what town he's in. I'm going to pass. Can I pass? It was my understanding that I, I wouldn't actually be competing. Is there a pass this afternoon? No, I don't mean throw. A, I want to pass on the question. <laughs> Go anyway, to the fourth string guy, the famous put Devin Hester back there. Just <laughs> something. Jim McMahon must be uh, available. Right, the famous Caleb Haney uh, was was there. The, look, they you know they they played. In my estimation, they played one good team. They played one good team, but they're, but they're playing well, and they're, and 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 that was the Colts, and they, and they got blown out by the Colts. But this is also we saw this Cal though with them uh, two and a half years ago when they made the Super Bowl run. Where under Steve Spagnola, where, uh, Steve Spagnola, when they got blown out the first two games, they were one and two. They'd given up like eighty points in two games. Mm-hmm. Complete panic at the disco. We were on the air here talking about how uh, after that they got off to the one and two start this year. That uh, Coughlin has lost the team, and, and we had on uh, Rob Brynus, who uh, hopefully we'll have back on someday. Rob was a great, uh, uh, Rob was a great uh, guest for us talking about the Giants, and he said to us at the time, you know, Ron said, no, no, no. You can't say that he's lost the team. We don't know what's going on in that locker room. It may look like that, mm-hmm. but give Coughlin a chance. He's a Super Bowl-winning coach, and he was right. He, Ron could not have been more right. Yeah, I mean, they haven't lost since since we had Ron on the show. That's correct, which so. is why he may not come back on the show. <laughs> he's, 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 good luck. But... You know, so it's a lot like 2007, Cal, where Perry Fuel has now gotten this defense going. How? What, what can you say about OCU Minora? He was the player of the month, for crying out loud. Oh, he's ridiculous. He's got like eight sacks, seven forced fumbles. I mean, he's just been... But when uh, you think of, when you think about where this guy came from last year right. and how he wanted out, and, and nobody ever expected him to play for the team again, yeah. it, it's unbelievable how he's turned it around. Do you think that Kiwanuka being out has anything to do with that, Cal? Uh, only a little bit because he was playing well even when Kiwanuka was in there. Yeah, but I, I mean, do you think that uh, you know because Yumanura was complaining about uh, playing time last year and having to split time, and he was a malcontent in the locker room, and and now you know Kiwanuka's out for the season. They had to IR him last week, um, and 
you know, Yuminura is just allowed to go out there and play, Cal. Yeah, I don't think that I don't think that Yuminura has been a malcontent all season. I think he's had the right attitude all year. Yeah, right. He but, came back with the right attitude. Right, but I but I agree with you. I think I think with Kiwanuka being out, now Yuminura is sort of empowered to kind of take on a bigger role with the right. defense. Right. And I think I think he's going with that and he's playing well so his confidence is through the roof. And, you know, I just I think the sky's the limit for this guy. Yeah, I think so too. And and you really have to like what the Giants have done. Now they get to play Dallas this week. And Dallas, of course, in complete and utter turmoil. We'll get to that in a second when we go around the NFL. Um, and Cal, you know, it really the schedule is breaking right and breaking really, really well uh, for the Giants right now. You know, they get Dallas next week. They really could be in very good shape. They have not played the Eagles yet. Well, they'll get they'll get Philly on Sunday night uh, next week. Right after the Dallas game. After the Dallas game. So you know what this Dallas game could be though. It's a trap. Could it be? It could be, and that and how crazy is that to think that the, a Dallas game could be a trap game? Could be a trap game, Admiral Akbar game. Could, could be. be, especially with Jason Garrett in there now, and they fire Wade Phillips finally. I guess yeah. Jerry Jones is not worried about the picture surfacing. <laughs> uh, but it, well, he had no choice. Cal, I mean, what? I mean, he had no choice. I mean, it was it was actually the humane thing to do at this point. It really was. You know, my brother was texting me uh, uh, on, you know, and just, I mean, between that and UT, and it, I mean, the Rangers losing the World Series, it is tough times. Uh, and 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 he was saying he's like, I've never seen a team give up like this. And I said, you know, the first thing I would do is is bench Michael Jenkins. And he said, the first thing I would do is cut him. <laughs> I mean that was egregious. That was wow. That was yeah. I know. When Chris Collinsworth gets that upset, you know that that's a bad play. That is terrible. <laughs> um, but uh, the sports guy was talking about that. He does a pretty good uh, Collinsworth. The sports guy. Yeah, he does. Oh, he does. He does a solid Collinsworth. But um, so the the Giants get Dallas this week with Jason Garrett at the helm, right? And maybe the Cowboys. Do you think, Cal, maybe they go in and want to get Jason Garrett the job? That's a good question. Oh, it's such an interesting situation there. Uh, it really is because the popular opinion is that Jason Garrett, I mean, like I said, my brother-in-law even texted it to me on Monday after they fired him. You know, He'll be gone at the end of the year. I mean, that's the consensus is that Jason Garrett essentially has eight games. Well, I can't see Jerry Jones wanting to stick with him. Jerry Jones wants a higher-profile guy, I would think. He wants a Gruden. He wants a Cower. Cower's never coming there. No, I'm, uh, the more and more I think about it, the more and more I think that Gruden is the guy. Yeah, you would think, right? And I, mean, oh, it, I think he's if, a great fit. If only to spare us ESPN listeners <laughs> next year of, of his uh, malarkey. I tell you what, that is a fantastic play. <laughs> that is an unbelievable. you got to go in there and get that done. I'm going to tell you something right now. I'm going to tell you something right now. I've never seen a play like that. <laughs> um, it's funny because in, if, if you ever see the promos yeah. for the Monday night game, it's always like him and Jaworski sitting in a film room, and right. that's how they talk to each other. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it's just like, that's really, is that really? 
breaking down film with Gruden would just be and Jaworski. What he's going to do right here is he's going to go. Oh man, shut up! Can we just watch the game? <laughs> like, isn't that a, isn't that the qualification you want in your announcers for a Monday night game or any game? But really, like, and we're going to talk about sports announcers a little bit later, and probably on a podcast this weekend. But isn't that cow what you want? You want to be listening to guys that you would sit and watch the game with. I, I see. That's what I would want to do. With a little I, expertise mixed in. Like, that's why, to me, Collinsworth is great. Yeah, Collinsworth is not announcery. He doesn't, you know... I could see sitting in a bar, having a beer with Collinsworth, watching the game. And he sounds the exact same way. And he sounds the exact same way. He'll break right. down a play. He'll He'll help me out when they run a ridiculous trap screen, double whammy reverse flip. And he'll tell me why they ran it, and you know what I mean? Like, I can see Collinsworth. You want to sit with Ron Jaworski for two, three hours and watch a football game? I'd stab him in the eye. Oh, the two of them. What they're going to do here, Steve, is they're going <laughs> I almost went. I almost went Jeremy Schaap there. That's okay. ESPN. <laughs> I'm Jeremy Schaap, ESPN. <laughs> That's how they all sound. And I don't, you know, Adam Schefter now comes on at halftime. Yeah. Does the game. And I've seen him in the past on, on ESPN. Yep. He was on the NFL Network before that. He never sounded like that before. Now he's all of a sudden, he's <laughs> he's, he's, he's he's like, everything he says is a promo. Right. <laughs> you know? The love boat. <laughs> they... they... <clears throat> the ABC, of course, owns ESPN, and I wanted them to bring back the Love Boat guy for ESPN. Oh, the Next, <laughs> and then later on Sports Center, <laughs> and then Tony Danza guest stars on Sports Center. Saturday night is Love Night. <laughs> yeah. So, getting back to this giant, this giant game this weekend, they have the Eagles the week after. Really, I feel like how the Eagles are shaping up to be the only dangerous team. For the Giants. I think if they can somehow stay out of uh, Pennsylvania on their way uh, through the... Right now, to me, the Eagles are the second best team in the NFC. I'm, I'm not a big believer in the Falcons, Cal. You don't, now, there's a couple of teams. Atlanta, Green Bay. Green Bay no. might have gotten a little bit of their mojo back. I, I just think they're too banged up, and I was not... They cannot run the ball. Cannot run the ball. Okay. New Orleans. I think you got to have a threat of the same thing. No Pierre Thomas. They cannot run the ball. Yeah, but they're going to be back. You Thomas and Bush are going to be back. You can make them one-dimensional, though, I think, right now. And I think there's a Super Bowl hangover there. I think yeah, there's like a, a kind of a content to be, you know, the Super Bowl champions. Like Joe Pesci would say in Goodfellas, you know, he's content to be a jerk. You know what I mean? But it sounds nice when it's time. You, you know, know I think, like, I, I think there's a, there's a contentedness. Well, you know, I... I should, well, I just realized we say you know a lot. We sure do. We're going to work on that, folks, on the hiatus. Yeah. Promise. Promise. And, oh, you, and we have to tell everybody about that. Too. We'll tell them at the end. Yeah, we'll get to that. Right. But um, I was just going to do it again. It's funny. <laughs> you know. The uh, There's a lot a lot of drama in the NFC. Not, not so much drama, but a lot of intrigue in the NFC. And a couple weeks ago... Everybody was kind of writing the NFC off. There's no good teams in the NFC. All the talent is in the AFC. And now you get to the eighth game, you know, halfway through the season, and you look at some of these teams in the NFC, you can make a case for a lot of these teams being the best over there. The Giants, 
the Eagles, the Packers, the Falcons, the Saints. They're all kind of on the same playing field. Yeah, no, I agree. And you you have a game where the the Eagles beat the Colts uh, this past weekend in, in a game where the Eagles really could have blown that game out. And you have the NFC winning some games over the AFC. But I think as far as the Giants go and the Eagles and that NFC East, and then you have the Redskins at 4-4. and You really don't know what they're all about. They play the Eagles this week. That's an intriguing matchup. Does Donovan McNabb play? Does uh, Coach Shanahan, uh, is he like a mad genius, uh, try to motivate the team by benching for Rex Grossman? Uh you know, you have a very interesting NFC East. I think the Giants, though, are definitely the class of the NFC right now. The only thing you worry about for the Giants, to me, is that they're playing too well right now, and you don't want to peak too soon. That's something to be concerned about. Right. You don't want to be playing. You you still want to be playing. Now, are they this good? I don't think they are. I don't think you're going to see them go 14-2 and two and just dominate. Uh, well, they're not. They're not going to go for. They're not going to win out. They still have four, and four tough interdivision games with the Eagles and the and the and the Redskins. Redskins right? Always bloodbaths, right? So yeah. you uh, maybe bloodbaths a little strong. Let me let me rescind that comment. <laughs> four very difficult, very hard fought games. How's that? I, uh, I will. I'll give you that. But Cal, you also have to feel they're not going to go fourteen and two. There are, uh, but they could go twelve and four quite easily. I think I think they can go twelve and four. You just want to make sure you're playing good ball towards the end of the uh, of the season in De- you know in December. And they said it this week. They said nobody wants to be the Super Bowl champions in November. You don't you don't win in November, right? So it's great that they're dominating right now, but they have to maintain it with an eye towards December and finishing strong. And I think they will. I and think, also, I think they will. And also, this is where a coach like Tom Coughlin really comes in handy. This guy's, been, this guy's been through it. He knows how to keep this team focused. He knows, you know, whereas Rex Ryan, you worry that he's just burying his head in the sand and they're letting the 6-2 and two record just carry them. Tom yeah. Coughlin has every guy in that locker room not taking anything for granted right now at 6-2. and two. No, he's uh, and he's such a taskmaster as well. And even though he's become more of a player's coach and he made that little switch in 2007, Cal, he's he's on point. And he is never going to let that team get too confident. And he's never going to let that team believe its own press. And he's going to—he's very focused. He's he very focused. focused. He looks like a good time. He does. I've always found it so amusing that Chris Snee is his son-in-law. I know. Uh, the offensive lineman for the Giants. But and, Chris Snee is an all-pro offensive lineman. Well, he better be. Well, I mean, when your coach is your father-in-law. Or your father-in-law is your coach. No matter how you slice it, it's not good news. That's true. And speaking from experience, <laughs> I know what that's like. 424-220-1817. The phone lines are wide open, as you can plainly tell. Uh, so give us a call. Anything you want to talk about as far as uh, sports goes, NFL, we're going to talk about baseball for sure. Don't you worry about that. Uh, and we got uh, we are at the ten o'clock hour, Cal. So we're an hour into the show here on November ninth, two thousand and ten. And just a couple of little tidbits on football. And we have the fantasy five spot coming up in a couple of minutes from our buddy Dave Rutley, Cal. Yeah. Rough uh, fantasy week for me. I am not happy. 
not happy that that a guy who had previously been struggling slapped 158 points on me. Well, but I know you can't. And you and I play this week. Yeah, so that's a good. That's a nice bounce back for you. <laughs> Somebody is so bitter about his fantasy football team, and I'm not sure who it is. Oh, it's you. Yeah, no, I, you know. <laughs> I looked at your roster today, Cal. I've never seen anything like that. I'm sorry. I know nobody wants to hear fantasy football stories, and, and you only want to hear fantasy stuff if, you know, it it like when we do Dave's spot because Dave's giving advice and he's a good guy to bring on and stuff like that. But if, for those of you who play fantasy football out there or fantasy sports in general, you have never seen a roster like Cal's right now. Yeah. It's, you know how, like, they put the little red cross icon next to the player? Right. My my whole My whole roster. It is a mash unit. It looks like uh, ER. Yeah. You and then I had, a, and then I finally had a guy come back this week. And he's on and he, was, he was well, no, he was taken off the field on a stretcher, and they had to remove his face mask. Collie. <laughs> so, you're, <laughs> you, I saw in the waiver wire you picked up Trapper John MD. I did. <laughs> I thought that was a good pickup because you picked up a training staff. Your your squad definitely Noah Wiley somehow you picked up. Which was a good a good move on your part. Hey, let's uh, spin around the league real quick. Yeah, let's do that. Because there were there were a lot of good things, and and I um I ha- I did, I got a taste of the Red Zone Channel this week oh, again. Isn't it delicious? Holy cow! Let me tell you, you. You want more, don't you? I want a lot more. And one of the, the the one game that I was really uh I was really focused on was the Raiders and Chiefs game. Right. Sunday afternoon, which was a great game. Old AFL style. And how about the Raiders? How Coming back and winning Raiders? that game. How about the Raiders? So a lot, you saw a lot of late comebacks. I was looking on, for, uh, for a Daryl LaMonica. Not that we ever look, saw. Not that we ever saw Daryl LaMonica play. No. Maybe Jim Plunkett. Plunkett uh, for sure. Jay Schrader is more our our you know Raiders experience. Uh, Although Schrader. I do remember, I do remember Cliff Branch, and I remember that I remember that. You know that Jet uh, Raiders game in eighty in eighty five. Oh, when eighty two when uh, uh, eighty two the, the helmet right. off of Marvin Powell. Right, and Lance Mel had the two interceptions. Yeah. Uh, Lance Mel number fifty six in your programs, but uh, yeah, that Raiders Chiefs game was fascinating. The Chiefs, you know, uh, play an interesting brand of football. They do, and you want to know? I think that the Raiders winning that game bodes well for the rest of the league because the a Chiefs win would have put them at six and two also, and the Raiders winning now puts them right in the mix. With yep. the Chiefs and the surging Chargers, all of a sudden. Yep. Look at the Chargers now. One, Look at what happened. Yep. I. You know, I tra- go ahead, Cal. I'm sorry. No, the, the Chargers. The Chargers are to November what Mark Teixeira is to May. <laughs> How do you like that? Well, are we taking the sports SATs? <laughs> I'm preparing because I did not study. We're going to go back to uh, uh, going around the league, Cal. But right now, I wanted to ask you, talk to you about something. We were just talking about our fantasy teams, right? Yes. Well, as you know, Cal, as you and Dr. E. Ray know, although he's not here. Our fantasy football league does. Our fantasy football league is really competitive. Guys are always looking for an edge and probably visit 10 sites a week trying to hunt down the best advice, who to start, who to sit. Fantasy football advice sites are a dime a dozen. They are a cottage industry, Cal. And frankly, I've had it. So a couple of months ago, a buddy of mine from college, he gets in touch with me. He tells me that he's got this new website. It's called ffadvisor.com. So I say, 
I say, what's it all about? And he said, this is the deal. The guys at FFAdvisor.com have gone mathematical with this thing. They've designed an algorithm, Cal. Big word, tough to say. <laughs> that tells you who to start, who to sit, and who to pick up. They also did a massive survey of fantasy football players all over the place and asked them what they're looking for in a site. And every week, these guys boil it down for you, tell you who gives you the best advice. They're rating these sites. So one week it might be Yahoo. One week it might be Fantasy Godfathers. You don't know. That's the exciting part. So you go to ffadvisor.com and get that edge that you need. That's ffadvisor.com. And with that, let's welcome in from ffadvisor.com, Mr. Dave Rutley. David Rutley, how are you, my friend? I'm doing great, Sam Pete. How are you guys doing tonight? We're doing really well, Dave. What's been going on, my man? What's going on, Ruddles? Well, just, uh, you know, getting a lot of work done. Got a lot of exciting stuff happening over the site that I was hoping to mention today. So uh, a, lot, a lot of big things cooking. Well, we're definitely going to do that. Let's get right into it now. We are without Dr. E. Ray Stad again tonight. He is uh, celebrating his birthday. So uh, a happy birthday to Dr. E. Ray. He is uh, 31 yet again. No, he is... Uh, <laughs> But he's uh, so. But he he lost last week. I lost last week. Cal's team is decimated. Uh, the, the likes of which I have never seen. Uh, but uh, let's get right to uh, my lineup now. I I think my most interesting question this week, Dave, is who to start a quarterback. We talked about this maybe being a problem for me because I went and traded for Kyle Orton and I have Joe Flacco. This is yeah. a, uh, you know, we're into week 10 here. This is a must win. A must win. Yeah, and it's it's a, it's a tough, I've got them ranked right next to each other. And you're getting, this is going to be what you're going to face all uh, the rest of the year with this. The good news is they're both in the top 10. They're both going to have very good games. Uh, I do have Flacco slightly higher than Orton, literally at six. I got Orton at seven. Um, and that's really just giving a little bit more credit to that KCD, even though KC's playing on the road in Denver. Um, you know, I, I think Flacco's playing at a high level. You're seeing Ray Rice get really involved in the short passing game. That's really good news for Flacco because the opportunity for, for Rice to break one of those short passes into a long touchdown is always there, especially with Bolden and Stallworth coming back, running deep routes, um, you know, softening up that underneath for uh, for Rice. So uh, I think you go with Flacco this week, and I think it's going to be close. It's probably going to be a two- or three-point differential, but I think Flacco gets the benefit there. So you would go Flacco. Wow, it, it is really, really tight. Uh, and I am playing Cal this week. I am actually playing Mr. Calvi. Cal, are you back? I'm in. Hi, Cal. Welcome Hi. Uh, Welcome back. Cal had to uh, step away from the computer, I think, maybe to use the little Cal room. Uh, I was going to tend to my oh. injured team. <laughs> Cal, why don't, why don't go ahead, Russ? I'm sorry. I was just gonna say at this point, it sounds like Cal's using NBA players on his roster, so you got to be a little <laughs> fantasy league ever. <laughs> That's right. He he, he even has, uh, I believe, he has Rick DiPietro playing for him as well. I think he got some hockey players in there as well. Steve, I actually just picked up your nephew to play uh, <laughs> wideout for me. Nice. Cal, uh, why don't you uh, tell tell Rutz what what's on your mind this week as we, as you and I go head to head? Uh, what's on my mind? Um, well, clearly at two and seven, my season is is pretty much in the tank. So the next question becomes: Do I 
hang on to Pierre Thomas any longer? Is there any chance he's going to come back and do anything for me this year, or do I drop him and, and use the roster spot on somebody else? Yeah, I mean, yes, there's a chance he comes back this year. Uh, yes, he's, he'll, he'll probably throw up a few good games for you, maybe let you play spoiler. You know, if there's a guy out there, if, if it's a person that you can you could trade Pierre to and, and maybe pick up a potential keeper for next year, I, I don't mind that. I don't like Pierre Thomas as a long-term player. You know, he's, he's put up one good year of fantasy football scoring. Um, and then besides that, he's a very, very, very inconsistent um, and that, that New Orleans offense just doesn't breed a ton of points out of the running back position. They are set up to throw the ball a ton. Um, and, and so PT's keeper value in that situation you know, continues to, to degrade as he gets more injured and as they bring in more people. And I had Chris Ivory down there. He's yeah, banged up like forward. Yeah, it, it's, uh, I, could, I could see dropping him. I could see trying to trade him to someone that may value the name. Um, and, and get a little bit of uh, a head start on planning for next year. Okay, we're uh, <clears throat> we're getting down to the playoffs. You know, most fantasy uh, football leagues are 13 weeks. Ours is no different. Um, and so, you know, we're we're heading into week 10 here. This separates the wheat from the chaff, the uh, men from the boys, the uh, women from the girls, all those other cliches. Uh, what? Do you see anybody on the waiver wire that maybe is not picked up in a lot of leagues or is avail- or I should say is available in a lot of leagues? Anybody out there that could maybe be a difference maker? Or if you're out of it, Cal, <clears throat> uh, is, there any- is there anybody that Cal should maybe go pick up because we have a keeper league? You know, you know who I really like, and, and he's a local guy, and I'm sure you guys, you may know more about him even than I do. Um, I really like Mario Manningham. Uh, I think he's a third wide receiver on the Giants team. He's not. He's still available. I, I looked it up the other day. Something like 68% of ESPN leagues, the guy's available in. And if Nix or Smith goes down, especially the way Manning's playing right now, he's instantly a starter for the rest of the year on your fantasy football team. And the truth of the matter is, as young as he is, he's not a bad guy to have on a keeper roster, um, you know, depending on how things continue to shake out in the Giants years forward with uh, – with contracts, et cetera. A lot of talent, runs a great deep route, good hands, um, really seems to have his game you know, coming along quite nicely. I don't know. What do you guys think about Manningham? Uh, we lost a little bit at the end there, Dave, but I think uh, uh, Mario Manningham is a great call. That's a, that's a fantastic call. Now, uh, one more for you, and then let's get the uh, let's get the site of the week uh, on ffadvisor.com. That's ffadvisor.com. And that's uh, Dave. My question is is a simple one. Colt McCoy, are you buying? If you're in a keeper league, are you are you buying? I'm 100% buying. I am so impressed um, by his transition from the wow. college pro game. Um, you know, it's not a great setup for him in Cleveland right now because they don't have any weapons at all. I mean, he's making right. do with with guys that that wouldn't be playing on most other NFL teams. Um, but but he's got a guy in Holmgren that knows how to bring up quarterbacks, um, and, and and he's looked really poised out there. He's maintained that accuracy that he was famous for in college through the first three games of the season. Is he going to be this good? Is he going to be Breeze and Brady every week? Absolutely not. But I mean, as you look across the league and you look at the other rookies that are out there and the struggles they're having, I think he's got to be impressed with uh, what he's done in those three games. So in a deep keeper league, a dynasty league where he can stash a guy, 
you know, there's there's not a lot of rookie quarterbacks at this point uh, that I'd rather have. You know, certainly I'd rather have him than Clawson in that situation, the way Clawson's looked. Um, I, I'd rather have him than Tebow. You never know when Tebow's going to get going and, and actually get a play in Denver. Uh, yeah, so he's, he's a guy that's interesting. Yeah, I think he reminds you know who he reminds me the most of, Dave, right now? And obviously we saw a ton of him was Chad Pennington. Yep. He, 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 you know, he may not have the strongest arm in the world. He may not have all the, uh, you know, the intangibles you look for, but he's accurate and he's a gamer. And there's something about him. There's a moxie about him. He, you know, he probably knows the game inside and out. He seems like a coach's son kind of kid. And uh, he reminds me a lot of Pennington. So I don't know fantasy wise if he's going to have huge value, but uh, I picked him up in one of my in my other league. My other league is a keeper league as well. And uh, I picked him up. Why not? You know, uh, worth worth taking a shot on. Well, and Pennington's great. Yeah. it's a great it's a great comparison to Pennington. And, and what you got to remember, there was a couple of years where Pennington was borderline top ten quarterback, right? Um, and, and, and a viable and that, a viable fantasy guy. He was very viable fantasy guy. You know, and if you've got a guy like that, and you don't have to worry about trying to draft a Manning or a Brady or a Schaub, you know, that lets you spend your your free agent dollars or your draft picks on some of those core positions that, uh, you know, really you can build your team around. Yeah. All right. Now, Dave, let's uh, actually, uh, yeah, I was going to say, Dave, either, because uh, we're having a little trouble with the connection, we can pretty much hear you. If you wanted to give us a shout back on the Skype, uh, we could probably uh, do that. So you want to do that real quick? What do you want me to do? You want to call on Skype? Yeah, call call uh, 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 I'll uh, I'll call you on Skype, all right? And we'll get your the uh, ffadvisor.com picks of the week, okay? So uh, hang on one sec. Okay. All right. So then let's uh, let's call Dave. What do you think, Cal? I think that's a good idea. Thanks. I also think picking up Colt McCoy is a good idea too. Exactly. <laughs> that's, uh, hello, David. Stampede, I'm back. Ah, there you go. That's much better. Now turn your ra- turn your radio down, Dave. Exactly. All of a sudden, I feel like the first time caller. <laughs> I'm sorry. Let me get my radio down. Sorry, guys. Don't don't cut me off. Don't blow me up yet. <laughs> uh, let's let's welcome Dave to the show, Dave. <laughs> uh, so go go ahead, Rutz. Give us the uh, ffadvisor.com uh, uh, sites of the week. Yeah. So. Uh, Real good news from a, a trend standpoint, Fantasy Godfathers remain the best site to be out there using if you're only going to go to one site. Yes. If you go to a couple sites, uh, you're looking at Fantasy Sharks. You're looking at Yahoo. And I'm going to add one more site to the list this week. We just started rating these guys four five weeks ago now. They started off a little slow, but they've come on very fast here in the last couple of weeks, which is a, a great thing as you head into the Fantasy Playoffs up. FantasySnipers.com. Ooh, can like that. Fantasy Snipers. A lot of military shooting conflict guns Ooh. things going on from a fantasy standpoint. When you got the Godfathers, you got sharks. A lot of, a lot of, <laughs> a lot of. Apparently, the more aggressive sites are the winning sites at this point. <laughs> um, check out Fantasy Snipers. A lot of real good content there. They're they're up there. They publish every day. You can ask them questions on their forum. Been very impressed with uh, the work that they're doing over there. Okay, Fantasy Snipers and. And the Godfathers are still uh, minging my nudge. They're still doing the right thing, those guys. They're still doing the right thing. No one can knock them off the top. And, you know, it's not as much this year. Not a lot of people have heard about, you know, people that come to our site and the people that listen to your show are the ones that are using them. So, right. uh, and they're having I, a big year. They're having a very big – like, it was like the Lufthansa heist. 
like they're having a very big year. Exactly. Now, Dave, before before we let you go, so we got uh, Fantasy Sniper and we have Fantasy Godfathers. Check out ffadvisor.com. I know people are, and the people actually listening to the podcast and checking it out. I use it every week now, uh, and it's been great. Uh, but before we let you go, Dave, got to ask you. We got to get the Redskins report from Dave Rutley. Big, huge, big, huge, sloppy game this week, Dave. In TEDx Field, the Eagles and Michael Vick coming to town. Is Donovan McNabb going to play? What is Mr. Shanahan doing? Uh, he is he is doing what Mr. Shanahan does, which is baffling mind games with his own team, other teams, and fantasy football owners everywhere. I mean, it's really um, – he's a little bit of that mad genius. And uh, it, it tends to work out for him, so uh, I'll give him – I'll still give him the benefit of the doubt as a Redskin fan who has uh, suffered through a lot of crappy coaches the past couple <laughs> of years. Um, he didn't sign Jamarcus Russell, so that was good news. We, we felt pretty good about that. Um, I, I think, you know, the, the good news is NFC East, you know, you guys know, every game between these teams always ends up being pretty much a slugfest. So um, I, I feel that plays to our advantage. I feel like it's good to be at home. Um, you know, we, we managed to take Vic out of the game last time when he scrambled. LeRon Landry's playing really good, hard-hitting football. You know, hopefully we can kind of keep Vic penned in. I, I don't have – Vic have... penned in? Wait, wait, wait. I, I got to stop you there. <laughs> Did you say keep Vic penned in? Wow, I'm, okay. I'm a dog lover. What are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> I could not let that one go, Rod. I couldn't let that go. <clears throat> Uh, I think I I think this is we were just going around the NFL right before we we got to the fantasy five spot Dave, and we were talking about like this is there's some great matchups this week, and that's one of them. That's uh, to me that's a great Monday night game like Eagles Redskins, you know Skins are four and four Eagles are what five and three five and three yep you know it's a good matchup NFC East hard hitting Mark Witten it's a good ball game. Yeah, I, I will definitely be tuned in and looking forward to watching it. I. I, I don't have a good feeling about it. I, I really do. The Eagles are playing at a really high level, and the Redskins look a little confused on everything but defense. Um, so, you know, if, if if the defense can come up big and, and get some turnovers, I think we've got a chance. If, uh, if the Philly offense can play like they have been playing with Vic underneath center, I think we're going to have a tough time coming out with a win uh, against them. Well, hopefully uh... – Hopefully, for your sake, Ryan Terrain uh, can run wild. I'm waiting for this thousand yard back out of Shanahan. I went and drafted like or picked up on the waiver wire every back that he runs through, and so because oh, he turns them into thousand yard backs automatically. So I'm waiting. Yeah, it's it's he's he does that. Uh, it usually takes a little bit of time, and then he also infuriates you by. Uh... You know, for every thousand yard back, he turns up. He also runs a lot of running back by committee. And my my fear from a fantasy standpoint about the Redskins is when Portis comes back, no matter how good terrain looks, they're going to be sharing the ball an awful lot. Right. For the rest of the year. If it gets you a win, you'll take it. Dave, we'll talk to you next week, pal. All right, gentlemen. Great show. We'll talk to you later. All right. Take it easy, Dave. So Dave Rutley checking in from uh, ffadvisor.com and also our uh, resident uh, Redskins fan. He now, Cal, so let's get back to what we were talking about. We're going to do another couple of minutes. The phone lines are wide open, 424-220-1817. The number to call, 
uh, wide open. We talked about the NFL. Uh, we're going to talk about baseball in a couple of minutes uh, as the hot stove is that's Clicking. the stove. It's the stove turning on. That's correct. That's what, I, that's what I'm going for there. I like that. Uh, and cooking with gas. <laughs> cooking with gas. So we're going to talk about baseball in a couple of minutes, but and we have the Swami coming up a little later on. But uh, Cal, back to football real quick. Uh, there are a lot of interesting matchups this week, and if you just take a look at the standings, you know we're at the pretty much the halfway point. Uh, most teams have played eight games. Some played. Uh, I think this is the last week of bye weeks, is it not? Yeah, the remaining teams that haven't been on bye, this is their the last week. Yeah, right. And we get a Thursday game uh, with the Ravens visiting the uh, Atlanta Falcons. And I made the argument when we were talking about the Giants being the best team in the NFL. I said, for my money, it's the Ravens right now because the Ravens have played the harder schedule and are six and two in the NFL. In the NFL, mm-hmm. and it's in, in, in toto, <laughs> the NFL in its entirety. Oh, okay. Um, I would say it's the Ravens, and I think the Ravens are going to start, you know, they, they really dominated Miami the other day. And I think that the Ravens, now this is a tough assignment to go down to Atlanta four days after, you know, a big win against the Dolphins. But that's a very interesting game, Cal. And then just getting back to Dallas. With Garrett, I, I asked you the question, and I, I want an answer. And that is, do you think that they play for Jason Garrett's job? No. <laughs> no. I think this team is just kinda, has just kind of mailed it in. And, you know. But hasn't he been rumored to be getting this job? You know, for, he was supposed to be the heir apparent to Wade Phillips. But let me ask you a question. If they were going to if they didn't play for Wade Phillips, why are they going to play for Jason Garrett? Jason Garrett's been there this whole time. Right, but they wanted Jason Garrett to be the coach, is what I'm saying. I'm who, I'm just who speculating. Did yes, I'm just I'm putting it out there that saying that Jason Garrett's been there for a while. Their offense has had a lot of success. He was supposed to be the he's like the highest paid assistant coach in uh, assistant in football. And he's paid like a head coach. He was supposed to be the next coach. Is there any chance that the players are inspired to play for Jason Garrett? Well, sure, there's a and chance. And say, it's an eight-game audition. Let's get him the job. Sure, there's a chance. <laughs> In fact, before the Green Bay game, Roy Williams still said that the Dallas Cowboys would make the playoffs. Wow. I didn't, know a lot. Were, I didn't know you were allowed to drink in a locker room before a game. Yeah, well, I think he was drinking with Mike Singletary. The Kool-Aid. Uh, I, I don't. I don't see it. I, I mean, they might have a little bit of a boost because just the change of scenery, a change in a voice in the locker room. Um, it's a it's a big NFC East game. You're going into Giant Stadium. Well, no. Oh, look what I did into the New Meadowlands. And oh, they, thank you, Mr. Francesa. Oh, if they had any, if they had any pride whatsoever, they'd want to go in and and pay the Giants back. I think it's gonna be a close game, but I don't think they're gonna. I don't think they're gonna win. Well, I know what kind of game it is for the Giants. What kind of game is it? It's a trap. Thanks. <laughs> oh boy. What do you, what do you, so, what do you think the chances of Dallas winning that game are? Ah, boy. You know, with John. K- I mean, if Romo was still healthy. You know, of course, if the Queen had, you know, Cuyones, she'd be the king. But if Romo was healthy. 
I would give them a much better chance. I, I They just are not doing anything well, and I can't see them in four days suddenly start doing things well. I would, I, I, if I was John Kitna, I'd throw the ball to Des Bryant every down. Mm-hmm. Um, Miles, Alex Rodriguez, Austin uh, looks somewhat disinterested in himself. But, I, no, I don't think there's a – I think the Giants win, but I think at least the Cowboys put up a, a fight. Okay, now I think the other... they're happy that Wade Phillips is gone. And they don't have to answer questions about it every week, and they don't have to say, hey, when's your coach going to be fired? And, you know, they can move on. It was quite a distraction, huh? It's definitely not the game, though, that uh, <laughs> that they thought they were getting when they looked at the schedule. No, no, In that's week not... 10, and you had the Giants, you know, the Cowboys going to the New Meadowlands Stadium to take on the Giants, and the right. Cowboys are 1-7. <laughs> Like, I'm sure NBC didn't say, no, that's okay. We don't have to flex that one. We don't need to flex that game. You, you, you keep that one, Fox. That's We're good. We're good, Fox. We're good. Enjoy. Um, another big game this week, uh, Patriots and Steelers. Oh, huge game. Oh, man. Huge that's game. that's, that's Sunday, Sunday night. Sunday night game, yeah. Yeah, so we'll get Collinsworth on that. That'll be great. And uh, the Steelers were three straight night games, or, you know, primetime games. Right. After uh, winning and beating... Cincinnati last night, although T.O., wow. Holding on to that game. Yep, T.O., say what you want. Sometimes he can go out and play. You know what upsets me about a guy like T.O., Cal, is that we've watched most of his career. I mean, we've been of the age to see him go through his prime. I remember even when he started out with you know on the 49ers in his first few years. And he has a chance, or had the chance, if he was just, a better person <laughs> or not as much as a diva yeah to be one of the greatest receivers we'll ever see he really really does and it's all ruined and the guy you kind of feel bad for him a little bit he's, he's I, a bit I, of a mess yeah i think he's a little crazy i don't want to say crazy crazy is a terrible word and and i don't want to use that what i mean is i think he's a touch unbalanced. Yeah, I, I as, a, as a person, and 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 as this person put in the limelight and and into celebrity and being a famous sports rich athlete, maybe was not the best thing for his personality. But I think it's unfortunately, I think it's really ruined his legacy to a certain extent. Yeah, I don't know stuff stuff like that bothers me because I want to remember Terrell Owens as the great receiver that he is. You don't want to remember him uh, doing sit-ups in his driveway. That's correct. <laughs> with, the, with the media watching. Yeah, or any of the craziness. Any yeah. of the craziness. You don't want to remember that. And you know, you, Ocho Cinco, Chad Ocho Cinco. Yes. Chad, Chad Johnson. Who I'm a huge fan of, as you know. Yes, and that's and that's what I was getting at, was that he gets a bad rap also for, for being a little bit, you know, strange. Yeah. Maybe. Um, a little bit of a diva, a little bit of an attention hog, but everything he is. Chad, I mean, I mean, he is. He totally is. But, but I, I the difference between Ochocinco and Terrell Owens is it, it, it's always it's never mean spirited when it comes to Ochocinco. I totally agree. I think it's, it's good nature. Yeah, right. It's always fun with Terrell Owens. There, there's a, there's that that tinge of, of meanness and you know I, I don't know. I, it, it's just not done in the same light. I absolutely agree. I, I really do. I I I, I like Ocho Cinco's act. I do. Yeah. 
I think it's in fun. I think he tries to make the game fun. He doesn't take himself that seriously. And that's the thing about Owens. He takes himself this stuff seriously. Right. And I, I don't know. That that just upset me. And watching him last night have that performance, you're, you're reminded of how great he is. How he can completely dominate a game. How he is, you know, his body position as a wide receiver. How he can get around guys. How when he is focused, his hands are good. Which was the knock on him when he was when he was a young receiver with the with the 49ers. And you would have thought he would have learned from Jerry Rice. And he had the yeah, greatest I, receiver of all time there to emulate. Yeah, of all, of all places to grow up. Your formative years in the NFL, you're in right. San Francisco following Jerry Rice. Yep, and and he apparently didn't learn a, a blessed thing. Well, you know, <laughs> you, you wonder, <laughs> you just wonder what kind of people he surrounds himself with. Yeah, four two four, two two zero eighteen seventeen. The number to call. We're going to talk about baseball in just a second. Uh, and uh, as far as the NFL goes, again, some great games. New England at the at, at the Steelers. Uh, you got Philadelphia, Washington. We talked about Minnesota at Chicago. Minnesota gets itself up off the mat with a ridiculous win, and you texted it, Cal. And hey, he looks right. looks pretty good, huh? <laughs> the the Brett Favre death watch <laughs> ten days ago has turned into the uh, Brett Favre celebration. It really is amazing. Unbelievable. He sure looks fine to me. Oh, <laughs> I'm gonna tell you something about Brett Favre. That's just we talked about it on the show, you know, three or four weeks ago when they played the Jets, and how he's holding his arm and he's got a broken ankle and, yeah. and he's jumping around dancing after he throws a touchdown. Yeah, and then is he going to start? Is the streak going to be over? Yeah, I got Brad Childress have the guts to sit him out of the lineup. Right, I got to give tremendous credit to Francesa. You know, we make fun of Mike Francesa a lot. Uh, I still disagree with a great deal of what he says on a daily basis, but it makes for great radio. But something he said yesterday, Cal, and we were we were texting about it a little bit. But this Brad Childress situation is is bizarre, Cal. It's bizarre. I mean, that was an enormous win for them yesterday. But Brad Childress is week to week. This yeah. is what Francesca was saying yesterday. The the the, the head coach is week yeah. to week. Yeah, basically his his uh, his thesis is that the next loss will you know unless he runs the table, he's going to be fired right. after the next loss. Talk about stepping up to the big boys, you know, craps table. Yeah, I mean, he really is gambling with his career. He's like holding the dice, like come on, lucky seven. Mama needs a new pair of shoes. Like he's just like got to run the table. You can play as long as you want, just don't lose. Just don't lose. And he ripped on Favre, which was hilarious. You know, know, he took Favre to task. I don't need to be hugged and coddled like Favre. He got in a fight with Percy Harvin. <laughs> and he the still, owner, the owner was saying he he considered getting rid of the coach instead of Favre instead of Randy Moss. <laughs> Randy Moss. He didn't tell the coach that he was going to release Randy or the owner. <laughs> After he trades for Randy Moss and trades a third round pick and picks up that salary, he didn't tell the owner that he was going to release him. Oh, Brad Childress. Wow. And the mustache and the look. And the look. I am always waiting for a bell to ring to tell me that eighth grade geology is over when I'm watching Brad Childress coach a game. <laughs> uh, so the NFL is going to be, and of course the locals, the Giants, uh, the Cowboys, as we talked about, and the Jets with the intriguing game in Cleveland in the new dog pound. I had a, a buddy of mine, Cal, uh, grab me on Facebook. Uh, uh, 
friend of mine from college, and I have a lot of friends from Cleveland, obviously, uh, going to the University of Dayton. And uh, I, as you know, Cal, I will not put a wager on the Jets. No, you can't. I never bet money on the Jets. I will bet, as we learned earlier this year, I had to wear a Bill Romanowski jersey. Right. Because the Jets did not cover. That was a bet with my boss. Uh, but I will not bet cash. And I be, I'm being goaded somewhat by these Brown fans, Browns fans, who are feeling frisky. Yeah, don't don't fall into the trap. I will not fall. I'm not even going to play it. No. How's that? I won't even play the sound file. Right. But uh, he said something like, "You know, the Browns are coming for you. You know, we took care of the took care of the Saints, and now the and the Pats and the Jets are next." And I said, "If there's a team that knows more about your personnel than mine." I I can't think of it. I said I I don't think Darrell Revis is really worried about guarding Chancey Stuckey. <laughs> and that's when the Browns win twenty seven to fourteen. Yeah, let's let's be careful with that <laughs> one. <'cause... sighs> Gee whiz. Four two four two two zero eighteen seventeen. Cal, let's we got to talk about baseball. Yeah, there's a little bit of hot stove going on. There's a little hot stove, so we're going to just touch on the hot stove. We'll take your calls on anything, though, NFL, baseball, whatever you want to talk about. I think and, maybe we'll save the uh, announcer talk for a little, you know, like after dark. Yeah, let's do the let's do it on the Unload podcast. After dark. Right. So you folks listening uh, now or listening to the, pod, uh, the podcast version of this live episode of Ready to Unload, uh, Cal, Dr. Ire, and I will probably be doing a podcast this weekend, so look out for that. Uh, called Ready to Unload After Hours or After Dark. We haven't decided yet. I want the one that sounds less like Cinemax. Uh, that would be After Hours would sound less like Yeah. Cinemax. After Hours is less creepy than After Dark. RT Funload After Dark. Yeah, that's that's no Ooh. good. Then we have to have different kind of music at the we top. Need, we need to talk to our marketing department about that. <laughs> <laughs> Will you send an email to our marketing department about I'm gonna that? See, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to send a me- uh, a memo. We'll take a meeting with them tomorrow and go inner office, use the inner office account. I got plenty of envelopes right here. I'm just going to I'm going to cross out uh tech support and write marketing <laughs> on it. Cal, you know what's you know what's you, <laughs> Derek Jeter is a free agent. I know what you're going to say. No, no, he's not. I'll say it for you. Inconceivable. No, he is. No, he's not. He doesn't count as a free agent. No, he's a free agent. No, doesn't count. Wait, wait, why? Because um, uh, Jeter and Mariano Rivera, they're free agents, but come on. They're not really free agents. Oh. I don't know if, yeah, they're not. Oh, right, right, right. So, is, so the, is it possible? Let's just do this. We're into hot stove. Free agency opened up on Saturday night into Sunday morning. Cliff Lee's already going to be a Yankee. Everybody knows that. We can talk about that more next week. Uh, is it possible for Derek Jeter to play for another Major League Baseball team, Cal? Yes, it's possible. Inconceivable! <laughs> How is it possible? Okay, there's a lot of people that disagree with you. Well, sure. So but- tell me how it's possible. Uh, Where's he going, Cal? Where's he going to go? You got the smartest team in baseball and the smartest player in baseball. It's not going to. It would be an enormous mistake. Look, here's the deal to me, Cal. Derek Jeter could play somewhere else. Of course he could. 
did, you right. know, did they did they think Bobby Orr would play somewhere else? Did they think Wayne Gretzky would play somewhere else? No, but it happened. Todd Zeal. Todd Zeal. Did they think all 11 cities that he played in, you think they all thought he'd be moving on? Do you think Mar- Mike Jorgensen? <laughs> Do you think Joel Youngblood expected to play both ends of a doubleheader with two different teams? No, but it happened. Okay, so anything can happen. How much do you give Derek Jeter if you're the Yankees, Cal? He's the brand. He won a gold glove today. Congratulations to him and Robinson Cano and Mark Teixeira uh, winning the gold glove. And Jeter wins his second straight. Is that his second straight? Not his second straight. I think he didn't win one last year, but he won the year before. Yeah, he won maybe in 08. Either way. Yeah, because he was much maligned for his defense in 07, and he came back in 08 and had a great year. Right, the Yankees, to me, have the most intriguing offseason going. Uh, more intriguing than the Mets, the Mets are building uh, the most intelligent aggregate front office in the history of Major League Baseball. <laughs> I don't know if they're going to be able to build a championship team, but they will kick your ass on the SATs. Oh, way. They will destroy you. It's yeah. a Mensa meeting. It's a veritable Mensa meeting. <laughs> Now, when when the Mets call roll and the front office, right? It is it is a Mensa meeting. Anybody with an IQ under one forty five need not apply for the Metropolitan. See, I, see, how funny would it be if just just for kicks they kind of kept Omar Minaya around for those meetings? Well, they, there's the curve. Oh, you that's want true. To, you want I, to yeah. be graded on the curve? You have to keep Omar in the room. I don't know what Rico's IQ is, but I'll tell you what. Rico's Rico. He he's an Ivy League graduate also. He's an Ivy League guy, too? Yeah. I forgot wow. where he went. Wow. A ton of guys with, with no basketball team. <laughs> no college team to root for. Uh, but but with the Yankees, it's it's unbelievably interesting. Cal Derek Jeter is a free agent. And you know, you know what? I don't think it's going to end in a day. I think it's going to be drawn out. I think for the first time in his career, Derek Jeter is a true free agent. Well, he is. He's never... He's never he never even made it to free agency last time. They they right. just locked him up with an extension. So, Cal, if you're Derek Jeter, do you go out there and say, hey, what do you got? Do, do you put yourself out there? Do you maybe accept an offer from, oh, the rumor, what was the rumor today? The Giants? San Francisco Giants? Could you see that? No. I Listen, the the idea is that he it's conceivable, not, not conceivable, it's possible. <laughs> he got me with that sound clip. <laughs> Of course, it's possible he could go play for another team. I don't think he's going to this year. But I also don't think the Yankees are going to lock him up to a contract that's going to extend through the remainder of his career. I think there's going to be another free agency for Derek Jeter. Did you, do you think that – wow. So what do you – they're going to try to get him for two years at $30 million? Yeah, they're going, to, they're going to try to – I would say no more than a three-year contract they're going to want to get out of him. Well, I mean, if he signs a three-year contract, he'll be 40 when the contract ends, right? He will be 39. Yeah, or 39. He's 36, going to be 37 during the year next year. Well, no, he wins his birthday in October. I don't know. I haven't celebrated in years. <laughs> if he's, even if he's 39, he's 40, whatever he is, if they give him a three-year deal at, what, 15, 17 million, he's going to take, and now, now they're talking about a personal contract and that sort of thing, and He's got to take that, right, Cal? Yeah, I think he would have to. I think he would I, have to. Oh, boy. I just, I really don't know. I really don't know what they're going to do. 
I, I, it's going to be interesting. Now, you can't see him going across country and playing for, like, the Giants or the Dodgers. I mean, how are the Dodgers not a perfect landing spot for him if he were to leave New York? I can't, I just, I can't see it happening. Now, the Dodgers are such a turmoil team, and with the divorce and the McCourts and everything, that they don't have the money to sign him. But, Cal, I said it to you before, and I'll say it again. If I'm the Mets... I throw him $21 million a year and say, come play second base for me for two years. <laughs> he would never do that. He would never, ever go to the Mets. So, so what you're saying is, Derek Jeter playing for the Mets is... Inconceivable! That's exactly what I'm saying. Okay. Boy, I'm getting a little sticky with that. I'll stop. That's all right. We're getting a little, you know, morning zoo-ish here. <laughs> <laughs> Dingo and the baby. <laughs> I am getting walk a walk a walk a walk a Wow. Anybody yeah. listening knows that Dr. E. Ray Stett is not here. <laughs> no. He would never put up for this. And somewhere he's twitching, knowing that this is going on. <laughs> he's having dinner right now with his lovely wife, and she's like, Evan, why are you twitching? Because somewhere Steve is being awfully sticky. Oh, Cal, let's, let's bring in the swamp so he doesn't rip us. Oh, no, yeah. Let's bring the Swami. <laughs> Swami, how are you, pal? Hey, how you guys doing? I like the references to uh, Princess Bride pretty nice. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I, I felt it was even, getting a even, little sticky, though. No, no, no. It's campy, but not sticky. It's actually inconceivable. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's like when someone hums a tune... Uh, you, you get it imprinted on you all day. So everyone in our listening audience now will be saying that that phrase or that, that word throughout tomorrow. That's my hope. And it works for yes. so many situations. Okay, let's get on with the... Inconceivable! <laughs> let's get on with the... the, the uh, how, how can I put it? The, the, uh, the truth of the fact and the matter is last week's selections took me to the cleaners. Yes, you did not fare well. What happened there, Swamp? I, I can only think that obviously uh, I was not the only one that was that was led down to the proverbial garden pit. I mean, the Indian <laughs> the Indianapolis Colts uh, had to go and do five thousand laps around the stadium before they went home that day. And I mean, Miami, <laughs> the Dolphins. Think about it. I mean, it, it, there were games that I I select. The only thing that I can salvage out of the the, the thing is that my lock of the week. Uh, what, what came through. Yes, the Count Broccoli Lockley of the Week. Yes, that was a, exactly. a winner. Now, now, Swan, before we get to your picks for this week, where are you calling from? Oh, no. It's an easy venue for me today. I, they wanted me to go... Uh, the new management team from the uh, Mets wanted me to go out and scout someone. So, uh, I, I, I'm going to... I'll give you a hint. I can't divulge it exactly, but it's a large metropolis south of the Mississippi uh west of the Mississippi, and south of the uh, Columbia River. Hmm. Uh, Guadalajara. Not necessarily. <laughs> huh. too, too far? Well, it's a, it's a town that has, um, well, let me put it to you like this. Have you heard any rumors to the effect they were looking for a, uh, a manager for the team from a, a, a western town? A manager for the team from a western town. 
right. Well, that should pique your that should pique your curiosity because there are a lot of possibilities, and we're not talking about Wally Backman now. No, no. We we you know, we, we we promised we wouldn't bring him up again after I found out what was really the problem, which I can't share with the listening audience. But no, no, it did not have that... anything to do with his allergies to peanuts. Then you you and Adam Rubin, apparently you know everything that's going on and you can't share with anybody. We cannot share. I you know, in editorializing I can, but not necessarily uh in the good tradition of a sportscaster. So let's well, well get on done. with this week. Okay, Swam. November uh, November fourteenth. Mid middle of the month. Yes, exactly. We're almost uh to the middle of uh November already and Swam, uh, we have a Thursday game this week. We're going to stick with our format. So yeah. Cal and I will go back and forth asking you the games. Once again, uh, this is not for betting purposes. This is just for entertainment <laughs> and enjoyment. <laughs> and if it was, you got taken to the cleaners last week. That's but right. Swam, unless, I, you, unless, I, you wanted to, unless you bet the ranch on the lock of the week, of course, then you would make right. your, uh, your your commute money. Which is always a good maneuver. You may want to, you know, mess right. around. Oh, by the way, one quick comment. One quick comment. Yes. Uh I I found out uh, that they fired the Dallas Cowboys, uh, uh, the the manager, and I found it out two minutes after he was fired. Two minutes after. How that happened? happened? How'd you do that? Someone called me up and said, "You're not going to believe what happened." And off the top of my head, I said, uh, "The Cowboys fired their manager," and the guy was astounded. He, he actually thought, you know, that I didn't know. But he said, you're right. I said, oh, okay. What so was, how do you what like was, that, guys? What was he calling about? Well, he was uh, calling to tell me that, but I, you know. Oh, but you guessed I think, it. Well, yeah, I kind of guessed it because I know this guy's an avid Giants fan. And with uh, the Cowboys coming in against the Giants, I thought he'd think that would be uh, something I'd be interested in. <laughs> I Little see. did he know. It was That's inconceivable. Right. That's right. Now, all right, so let's get to it. See, it's catchy. Uh, Dingo in. The baby. All right. Um, (laughs) I'm going to start. Uh, (laughs) I'm going to start. Swamp, first game. Uh, This is a tough one, I think. I I think it's in between. Cincinnati at Indianapolis. Oh, yeah. uh, Right. The Colts off a tough loss. The Bengals off a uh, fought tooth and nail and loss. Who do you like? Are you like Indy to get back in it, or are you like Cincinnati on the road? Well, I have to go with the. I have to go back with uh, Peyton. I, I think he's going to, you know, make up for last week. I mean, not that he could take all of the credit for the defeat, but I, I, I think he's going to bring the boys up to a winning, uh, winning game. So I'm going to go with Indianapolis. All right, Swan, uh, Cal, go get him. All right, I got a got a big NFC West game. Big in San Francisco I like with West. the first. Yeah, the first place. Four and four St. Louis Rams <laughs> heading into believe? San Francisco, right? Yes. Yeah, right. Who to believe? Who do you, you like know? in that game? Well, I have to go with the home team once again. I think San Francisco is uh, going, you know, going to uh, benefit from from the venue. All right. So you like you like it out, and you feel like uh, San Francisco's got a good vibe going right now in that town. What with the Giants and. and- Right, with the Giants and everything, right. Exactly. All right, I got the next one, Swam. Let's get to the meat and potatoes of it. Let's Uh-oh, get to the potatoes, potatoes and the meat. Exactly. The Minnesota Farms taking on the oh. Chicago Bears in the, the Soldier Field. Yeah. 
I know. I mean, think about this. This is more than a game. This is a statement. All right. I mean, uh, <laughs> when we're, we're going to take the well, not necessarily, but we're going to take the team as a whole. We're not just going to go with a quarterback. We're okay. Going to take the team as a whole, and uh, going off you know, their past record uh, would seem to me that the Cowboys' uh, uh, track record. Uh, should not have any effect on either one of these two teams, thank God. So uh, we'll go with the Bears. You're going with the Bears over the Vikings. The, the Bears over the Vikings. Yeah, I know. But I'm <laughs> beginning to think that how long can the man hold up? Yeah, exactly. Well, apparently uh, he breaks his ankle, and then two weeks later he's uh, completely <laughs> yeah. healed and fun. Right. And, he, uh, by the way, you guys didn't know this. Just quickly, he ran in the New York Marathon as an assumed name. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what do you got, Cal? <laughs> uh, Swami, I'm gonna I'm gonna challenge you on this one. All right. Seattle I and Arizona. No, going out west I hate those. I know I hate those two teams. They have done <laughs> nothing but give me heartache for the whole time out there. All right. <laughs> it sounds kind of. It sounds kind of. I'm going with Arizona. All right. You like the cards? The the cards yeah. have not been kind to you this year. Not at all, no. Oh, what happened? I don't know there? why. I mean, I. Hold on, Swam. I even have a little cactus in. Oh, okay. we're having a little technical difficulty there, Swam. Hold on just a second. Let's see if we can get you back in, in to, to the good side. There we go. Let's see, Swam, you there? Hi, how are you? Yes, good. So we have the cards. The cards. Oh, yeah, you you went a little Stanley Kubrick there. So you have the cards over Seattle. And the cards have not been kind to you. Not at all. Not at all. All right. I now, think it's only... go ahead. No, no. I was going to say I think it's only my uh, my uh, way of being humbled. <laughs> all right. Let's go to the uh, the the. Uh, I got a big one for you here, pal. Okay. New England New England Patriots at the Pittsburgh oh, guys. Steelers battle of yeah, six well, and two teams in Heinz Field. I know. Well, you, you really think that that the, the Pats should have been six and two? Come on, I mean, did you, did you see last week's game? I mean, I how did. could that be? Yeah, how could that be? What an anomaly! It, it just didn't it didn't figure on the charts. It didn't figure on any of the statistics. But a, a win is a win is a win. They say. You know? That's right. Gene Dixon didn't have it. Nobody had it. Nah, I know. I know. <laughs> well, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Steelers. All right, you like the Steelers at home uh, over the Pats. Cal, hit him again. You got to do it. All right, last one for me. Um, I want to hear what your thoughts are on Carolina at Tampa Bay. Ooh, interesting. Oh. Frisky, frisky yeah. Tampa Bay team. I know. There's a, there's a team that started out uh, as uh, a completely different animal than it wound up to be. Tampa Bay, yeah. All right. Uh, I mean, did anybody think Carolina would be in this position at, at this time of the season? Yes. I don't think so. Did you? You actually <laughs> I, I, did? I didn't think they were very good. I didn't think they were this bad. I didn't think they were very good. Yeah, well, I, I didn't think they were this good either. But as you said, I didn't think they were this bad. Now, it, in, in this case, it's a toss-up to see who's going to make you know uh, a mockery of the game. You know, but we're probably <laughs> going to have to go. <laughs> we're probably going to have to go with Carolina. Oh, all right. So you like Carolina to get that one. All right. Yeah. And the last, why, last why one. Why a slim margin? But, uh. 
Right, the last by, by a buccaneer. The uh, watch your mouth. Oh, how? Okay. <laughs> Under my bucket hat. Right. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, the last one, Swamp, the Thursday night game. Pit oh, yeah. the Baltimore Ravens at the Atlanta Falcons. Another battle of six and two teams. Yeah, well, this and, one I uh, think will be like. a game. This this one I think will be a game. Okay. I think the, the Falcons will be coming in here and they're going to try and show the, you know, the people what they're made out of. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Atlanta. Atlanta at home, very tough assignment for the Ravens. Four days later, after a big win against the Dolphins, you like Atlanta over Baltimore. So let's recap, Swam. Here's what we got. We got um, the Colts. By the way, I'm glad you stayed away from the Giants. That's right. Well, we gave you the week off from the locals because you're taking yeah. a bath on that. <laughs> Let's. We got the Colts over the Bengals, the 49ers over the Rams, the Chicago Bears over the Vikings, the Cards, over, <laughs> the Cards over Seattle, Steelers over the Pats, Carolina over Tampa Bay, and Atlanta over Baltimore. Which of those games, Swam, is the Count Broccoli Lockley of the week? Ah, the old lock of the week. Actually, if you took... The Giants over uh, Dallas it, it would probably be a better lock than... That uh, might be the lock uh, of the century. <laughs> that might be the... <laughs> yeah. I, 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 don't forget what I what I said last week about the Giants, even though I didn't want to pick them. I said they will win the game. Yes. Well, you're, right you're, really, you're really not hanging out on a loose branch on the old Giants over the Cowboys this week. Exactly. But should we make that the lock of the week? No, that that would really would be unfair. Too yeah, easy. Yeah, kind of. You know. All right, so Let's what do you go with what, Chicago. Chicago over the Vikings. I like it. So you yeah. you may have Brad Childress out of a job on Monday. Oh, jeez, I hope not. I take that back. <laughs> <laughs> the weight of, no, anybody who would listen to me is obviously, you know, uh, seeing his therapist on, on a frequent you know, level. You know. That's right. Well, we'll do this for you, Swamp. Inconceivable! One more time. <laughs> and we'll talk... We'll talk to you next week, pal. Okay, keep your powder dry. I have six fingers on my hand. I don't know if that means anything. <laughs> Count Rugen. Thanks, Swam. That's right. <laughs> Bye-bye, guys. Ciao. Bye-bye. <laughs> Swami. Uh, he's getting a real kick out of the Princess Bride. He, oh, he loved that. Yep, definitely. Now, Cal, we got about uh, six minutes left here live, and then we're going to go a little over time. We're going to go about uh, a couple minutes over. That'll be on the podcast. Uh, so for those of you listening live, if you are listening live, uh, check out the podcast uh, for the last 10 minutes because we just want to uh, touch on a little more baseball that we didn't get to, Cal. Right. And, next, and, and also to uh, real quickly say uh, next week will be our last week live uh, for a little while. We're going to take a little hiatus. Uh, we're going to uh, reboot the show in the new year. So uh, next week's show, November 16th, on Tuesday night will be our last live show for a while. We will be doing podcasts in there, but we're also going to uh, redesign the website in that time. And Cal, we have a caller. Let's uh, let's take a call here. Hey, welcome to Ready to Unload. You're on the air with Cal and Sam Pete. You guys are killing me. Hey, it's PJ from Jersey. PJ, what's on your mind, pal? Ah, uh, well, for Cal was wrong about nothing tonight, so I wanted to get that out. Uh, and I don't want to I don't want to put down. Oh, wait, oh. We, let, we, let's get PJ back. PJ, PJ, one sec. We're having technical problems. River, wider than a mile. <laughs> Hello? Yeah, sorry about that, PJ. We had a little problem. I was just, with the phone. 
I was singing along to the on hold music. <laughs> Go ahead. What were you going to say? Well, and I, I'm not putting down the Swami or anything, but it sounds like perhaps his uh, cough medicine is maximum strength, if you <laughs> get my meaning. <laughs> he oh. starts, I don't know. I don't understand the phone call. As is, I want to tell you, I can't tell you where I am, but I'm I'm west of the Atlantic and east of the Pacific, if you know what I mean. <laughs> so you're saying basically it was Bill Cosby when he called up. Well, no. <laughs> you, you just sounded like Bill Cosby. Well, I, I can't help it. I want to tell you where in the world he was <laughs> with the pudding. I'm the pudding. going to beat up. Yeah, okay. Anyway. Um, Where would Gallagher had, say he was, PJ? Where would Gallagher I, say he was? <laughs> now, why do people park on driveways and drive on parkways? Well, I'm telling you. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, PJ, our caller from Jersey, is the only human being I know. Does a Gallagher impression. <laughs> does a Gallagher impression. Spot on. Spot on. <laughs> I have a larger fan face than Gallagher. <laughs> oh, boy. I had some I, I had some stories and some anecdotes about um sportscasters um which I guess I'll I'll, I'll save for a later uh broadcast. Um Well can we can we can we get you to come on the podcast cuz we're going to do a podcast this weekend and we usually do them at like you know Saturday night at 11:30 after the uh, the wives are are tucked away and the children are asleep. Hmm. Can we get you to can we get you to call into the podcast? We'll tell you when to call in and and you come on. I'm gonna I'm gonna see what I can do about that. Let me tease it a little bit. Nice, tease I, it. I I got to I got to work today with someone I've never worked with before, a legend in sports broadcasting, and I won't tell you his name, but it rhymes with Mick Mutton. Mick <laughs> Mick Muffin? <laughs> what? <laughs> Mick Mutton? Dick Button. Come on, people. Skating legend. You got Dick to button. Dick Button? Yes. Dick Button. He's not oh dead. My. <laughs> Apparently. He's not no. just for breakfast anymore. No, Dick he's 80 years old and he's fabulous. Wow, you worked with Dick Button. First of all, if not the greatest name in the history of broadcasting. Thank you. Five. I'm wearing my Dick Button today as well. Yeah, <laughs> top five. Now, I got to ask you. And, and we can definitely tease this for the podcast because I'm sure you have a lot of dick button stories. Tease it. But <laughs> I got button, I got Troutwig, I got Nance, I got Cronkite. Who do you want? Well, Cronkite. I know you got it. You got a lot of guys. Cronkite. What? Oh. Like Cronkite, I just threw in there for gravitas. I don't know. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, if you will agree to come on the podcast, the RTU after hours. The do I have to agree? You're going to make me do it on the air? You're going to make me announce? I'm running That's in right. 2012. <laughs> PJ, we want an announcement. We want the decision. This is the decision. We want, we want to know, are you coming on the podcast to talk about these people? He's going to take his um, talents to the podcast. You, you're, you're going to have to guide me through it. I don't think I know how to do a podcast. Uh, well, uh, it's the same exact thing as what you're doing right now, except you, there's no. it's not live. So we'll just record it. I'm drinking it. at work. I get to drink at work because that's what I'm doing right now. <laughs> and and pants pants are completely optional. Oh yeah. In fact, the shivers is chilled and the pants are off. <laughs> PJ, we gotta run, but we'll we'll talk to you this weekend for the podcast. Dick button. <laughs> talk to you later. <laughs> Dick.
Oh, uh, can you do better than Dick Button? Uh, or Gallagher. Or I told you. Does he not do a fantastic Gallagher? That was spot on. So anyway, I'm going to play the... Let me play the close music here, Cal, and then we'll stay on. Sounds right. good. What, what we were talking about was we're going to take the show on hiatus uh, for uh, about six weeks, and we'll probably come back the second week live of January with a reboot, Cal. Yes. We're going to reboot the show. Uh, we're going to have a lot of guests coming up in January. I know we promised this before, but I'm working on getting a producer in to get us some guests and that sort of thing. And really relaunching the show in January. Um, December 7th, I think, would have been a year, Cal. Yes, a year. So we've been doing this show for just about a year. Uh, we're certainly going to continue to, but uh, join us live next week, next Tuesday night at 9, uh, for the last show for a while. But... Uh, uh, that's all the time we have. Cal, final unload, even though we're staying on. Happy birthday, Dr. Eris. Yes. Happy birthday, Dr. Eris. Now, uh, we're still here. We're not live anymore, but we're going to continue talking for just a couple of minutes. Uh, Cal and I wanted to finish talking about um, what we have in store for the new show. Uh, it's in its formation stages, Cal, but what we really want to do is get to a point where uh, we have guests every week and the live show is a little more... Uh, structured, so we're going to do that. And uh, also, as I mentioned before, I'm about to have my first child, so we're going to take a little hiatus for that, so I can figure out how to change a diaper. And I have to, uh, you know, start buying Christmas presents for my kids. That's right. So I'll be I'll be otherwise occupied for the month of December. Right. So we're going to exactly. It's just a good opportunity all around to just you know take a step back, look at what we've done over the last year. I mean, we've had a lot of fun over the last year. We feel like we've really come a long way since we uh, since we started this back in January. Yeah, and um, it's just you know every 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 season comes to an end. So season one of of Ready to Unload is winding down, and we're going to reboot with a with a brand new season in January, and, and it's going to be great. Yeah, absolutely. And and uh, you know we we are having a blast. We're still going to continue to do the show as we said, but we're just going to. Uh, sort of reboot it and uh, look for a new website, look for all kinds of new stuff. Now, uh, Cal, just before we go, I <laughs> wanted to say one thing. We probably as well will have uh, from Seven Train to Shea, uh, Matt Pignatero on next week to talk about the Mets manager search. Uh, Matt is, uh, has agreed to come on and we spoke to him. And so we should probably have him on next Tuesday night. I'm trying to get Patrick Flood. Uh, from SNY, who does a great Mets blog on SNY. I'm also trying to get him uh, in for next Tuesday night. So it should be a biggie show next week, Cal. That'll be fun. So before we wrap... I'm sure Dr. Erie will love the Met centricity of it. <laughs> That's right. So before we wrap, we just wanted to let you folks know that was the deal. And uh, also, we will talk uh, much more baseball and hot stove next week. We'll have all the NFL as well. And uh, so that's about it, Cal. And uh, But I do... I can't end before playing this. Farewell and adieu to you fair Spanish ladies. Farewell and adieu to you ladies of Spain. For we've received orders for to sail back to Boston. And so never more shall we see you again. So I played that. Uh, so good night, everybody. That's gonna be our new sign-off, Cal. That's so poignant. <laughs> it makes me want to cry just a little bit. Uh, 
so uh, we'll we'll see you all next week. Cal, have a great week, my friend, and uh, I will catch you on the flip side. Happy birthday, Dr. E. Ray. That's it. That's it. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Okay, we're clear. We're clear. All right, good. Boy, that was that was hot. <laughs> I am exhausted. Fun. That was a gem. That was a delight. <laughs>